And good morning. It is a Thursday edition of GCR. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Uh, got a lot of feedback about yesterday's show. I'd say thank you, but, you know, that's not really about me, obviously. It's it's about Brooks Robinson, and it was about a lot of wonderful people that were willing to take some time to share their memories and their reflections. And I'm still kind of shook by the conversation that we had with Bobby Gritch yesterday. Like, it was uh, one of the greatest conversations I've ever had in the history of doing this or any show. It meant that much to me. So thank you for all the feedback we got. I appreciate it. But, you know, that's that's if you're going to do this, you do it because, you know, that's what you do on these days. And I I don't want to even say it. It's not an obligation. It's an honor. It's an honor to be able to spend a couple hours talking to the people that love Brooks Robinson like that. That's an honor to me that I was able to do that. Now, so I just want to take a second here because I don't want to make it seem like, well, that was one day and we're just going to move on. We're still going to do Brooks Robinson conversation. I know Roy Firestone is going to join us tomorrow. Stan, of course, will be with us tomorrow. We had asked Stan if he wanted to come in yesterday because, as you guys know, Stan is very close with Brooks. But we're going to keep that to tomorrow, and we're going to talk lots of Brooks tomorrow. We we didn't do anything else, so we're going to do a lot of other stuff today. But... I don't want you to think that we're just doing, hey, well, there's one day for Brooks, and then we're never going to talk about Brooks Robinson again. Like, I promise you, there will still be more Brooks Robinson conversation on this show moving forward, but probably not a lot today. Um, just just because we have so much other things going on and so much stuff that we moved to today, and we even had to cancel some things that we were going to do today. It's just a, it's a whole crazy thing. So here's what's coming up on the program today. Uh, the incomparable Ian Eagle is going to join us later on this hour. He's on the call for Ravens-Browns on Sunday. Speaking of incomparable, Marty Smith, uh, one of the nicest people. You know, it's funny. We were talking about Brooks Robinson, right, Like, and how he's never had an off day. Marty Smith, truly one of the kindest individuals in our business. Uh, from ESPN, he's got a new book out. It's called Sideline CEO. Uh, in which he sat down with some of the most successful coaches in all of sports to try to really dive in on their concepts for leadership and trust. And I, it's it's a fascinating read uh, as I've gotten into it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also today, we will chat with Sean Greeley in just a few minutes, Maryland linebacker, Haverty Grace alum. He uh, made some history over the weekend as he had both a forced fumble as a linebacker and a touchdown catch as a fullback, which you don't see very frequently. He might be the next Patrick Ricard. Maybe. I don't know. That's good company. Right? That'd be very good company. We'll talk to him about that. And uh, also this morning we'll make our picks with Ken Zalis and segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Michael Pierce all on the way. A lot to do on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by... Uh, this one's brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. The Baltimore County Police Department has a hiring event coming up on October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. Applicants can complete multiple parts of the hiring process, including the agility test, the written test, and the ability to apply right there on the spot and go through the whole process. Plus, members of the specialized units will be in attendance starting that afternoon their second annual trunk or treat event which is just a safe fun environment 
for your kids, if you say, I'm not really sure, trick-or-treating, don't really know if that's something I want them to do, this is the place. Come on out for the trunk or treat with the Baltimore County Police Department on October 28th. And you can find out more by calling 410-887-4584 or by visiting the website, joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Hey, Boston Fs, thanks for nothing, you jerks. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah, I was there. (laughs) You know, like I I have reached the point in my life where I don't even allow myself to think it possible because then I'm going to be disappointed, right? Like I went, literally, I think if you saw, I posted a picture of my buddy and I on... um, social media because i was very pre my, my like lifelong friend you know best friend best man in my wedding lives in brooklyn now but uh, he, he's doing this um he's involved with this show he's a musician and his partner is an actress and she's doing this I, i'm actually going to it tonight in pennsylvania it's the, an immersive edgar Allan poe um show like outdoors like sort of going through different works of edgar Allan poe and i'm I think it's going to be pretty cool. Of course, it's going to be as the Orioles might be clinching. <laughs> My buddy John and I already had a conversation about that. Like, it's going to be awkward when I'm the guy <laughs> pulling out his phone. <laughs> and he's like, I understand. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Because it might be awkward otherwise. But, um, you know, for my, my 40th birthday was a couple weeks ago, and he called me. He said, hey, man, I, I, I want to come down, and I, I, I want to go to a game. I want to take you. And then he sprung for these really nice tickets, which is really sweet of him. And I took a picture early on in the game, and I posted on social. I was like, you know, we're celebrating my 40th birthday and a potential AL East championship. And I literally said in words, probably not tonight, but soon. Because I just didn't want to allow myself the opportunity to be disappointed, right? just wanted to be able to live, like, have a great night with my, like, lifelong best friend, going to a baseball game, watching a good Orioles team. I, I... you know, it's been brought up by a few people. I've never seen this. This is the funny part, right? Like, the Orioles are on the cusp of 100 wins. I've never in my lifetime seen an Orioles team 40 games over 500. This is unprecedented for me. And yet, we all still have to admit we're not sure whether or not we really believe in this team. The same. In 2014, we thought the Orioles were going to win the World Series. And by record, this team is better than that team. Uh, you can't make sense of it. It's bizarre, right? Like, we have no idea how to explain it. Um, but I didn't allow myself so that I couldn't be disappointed. And it was just fun being at the game. It was fun seeing Adley Rutschman have a big night. Um you know, Grayson Rodriguez was obviously very good. We can nitpick about him allowing some base runners in the final inning or two and not being able to get out of the sixth inning. You hope that that's something that, like, he can deliver a little bit more in the postseason. But at the same time, we also know in the postseason that they're they're not they're not going to be inclined to let him work deeper into games. It was it was just a really good night, and it's you know. Part of it, too, is that what we were celebrating is that we know they're going to win the division. Like, we know. It's not like this could be ruined tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, we know that all it takes is one one win or one raise loss. And 
Did you see the Rays doing a champagne celebration last night? Last night, really? Yeah, really what? weird bit. The Rays. How did, did, I, how did I miss that? A- apparently, Ugh. they when they clinched, they were in Baltimore. Right. And, and they had lost. And remember, it was that bizarre scenario yes. that I talked about that was possible with the Orioles. And so they didn't do a champagne celebration when they clinched a playoff spot. So they just like picked an arbitrary game and said... Let's celebrate now. Let's destroy the Boston locker room. Like, maybe they had thought to themselves, well, let's not do it in case we end up winning the division. Let's not do a celebration at all. And then, like, it it hit them. Well, that's not happening. So (laughs) they just picked some arbitrary game where they accomplished nothing and said, let's have a party. (laughs) It's very weird. Very weird. It is. Um, but yeah, they had they had a celebration well, last night. It's like night. they enjoyed themselves. I'm sure yeah. they did. <laughs> nothing more fun than spraying champagne. Uh, had a back and forth with um, uh, a, a long time, I say, listener and someone who was, I think, was contributed to a few websites in town, Dylan Atkinson, yesterday about roster construction. I was admittedly a little bit surprised that it was McKenna who was the one to yeah. go for Mount Castle after the conversation we had the other day. I I I, I guess that means that. Kerstad is still going to be the odd man out here, but is it possible? Like the fact that it wasn't Kerstad who was sent down here makes me wonder if it's because they're viewing a role for Kerstad in the postseason. And if that's the case, is it possible that it's Arias? Is it possible that it's the the argument that was presented to me was I I think they go with a deeper bench and a shorter group of pitchers and that was an interesting thought right because the argument would be well you only need four starters so there's there's one roster spot immediately that it's expendable right like you don't you have still a full bullpen with four starters I I don't think I would be okay with that thought process for two reasons one because we know as we just referenced you go to your bullpen so much quicker in the playoffs Mm -hmm. The likelihood of guys going six, seven innings is slim. With this particular group of starters, it would be even slimmer. So I start there. And then, two, remember that the postseason rules, the extra inning thing goes away in the postseason. So all it takes is one 15-inning game, and if you decided to go with a shorter pitching staff, you're kind of F. Now I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I don't we don't know that that's going to be, but they have to think about that possibility as they construct a roster. So I'd still be inclined to say I don't think they're going to go shorter on pitching even if they don't have extraordinary trust in the entire group. I I still think they want to have an extra arm available to them and I I just don't I don't see them saying we can live with one less arm in order to have one more bat. I I get it. I do know that Brandon Hyde likes having those many options to pull off the bench. Yeah. Um but I that is a risk that is maybe in a maybe in a five game series, right? Like m- maybe in the division series I could see it because you don't even know that you're going to need your fourth starter in that. I mean, in a perfect world, you go sweep the series and it's all good. Like, maybe they consider that because they know there's no way the series is going more than five games. I absolutely could not fathom it in an American League championship series. I still think it's a risky risk even in a division series. Again, let's just say game one goes 16 innings. 
What was the playoff game a couple years ago? The Dodgers were involved in that oh, went God, yeah, like twenty. No, right? Did it go twenty? Did it go twenty? I don't know. It went forever. But like, imagine that scenario. You unless you have an injury, and I get it. You can always fake an injury, I guess. But unless you have an injury, you can't make a roster move. And if you make a roster move, that person can't just come back. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I'd be comfortable with you going short on pitching in a playoff series. I think I would be opposed to that. And I get it. None of us think Fujinami. Like I'm not right. But that's to me the odd man out right now. Like there's. I I know that we could debate Cole Irvin, but I I think you just might need the innings. Like you just might need the guy that you can have come in, and that goes back to the conversation about. You know what roles do you need filled in a on a playoff roster? And to me, Cole Irvin might end up being the guy that you say, "Hey, the only time you might pitch is if the game goes to extra innings." There's not going to be an in-game role for you. That role would instead be available to, you know, say Dean Kramer if he's not in the playoff rotation, like an in-game multi-inning. You had to get out of a jam in the fourth, and so you went to the bullpen, and now you need someone to give you three. I think that would become Dean Kramer's role, whereas a role for Cole Irvin might be, dude, you're not going to pitch unless we get into that 12th inning scenario where we don't know where the game's going to end, and then you're going in, and we need you to do some yeoman's work for us. I think the point that John Mioli made the other day is significant, which is you probably don't announce, you know, like you announce your playoff rotation as being Braddish, Grayson for games one and two. We all kind of know that John Means is game three, but you don't even necessarily say it out loud. And then you decide game four based on what you need in those first few games. With Kramer being more likely to be somebody that you use in a traditional bullpen role, just because, as John pointed out, his stuff, has more of an ability to, to be electric in a short burst. In a short burst, if you needed someone to really ramp up, he could deliver that. Whereas Gibson might be the guy that you say, hey, you're not pitching in game one because if for some reason game two were to get out of hand, then we're going to need you to go eat four innings for us. And... If you get your butt kicked, you get your butt kicked, but we're not going to allow losing a game to turn into losing two. But if you don't need, if you only need Kramer's role, then Gibson save for game four. If you only need Gibson's role and you don't use Kramer, then you can have Kramer start game four. I just don't think you announce a starter for game four. And his point was you don't really announce a starter for game three anyway, but I don't think you can afford to have such extraordinary flexibility that you could use John Means in game one or two. Like, I think you have to have John Means start. So we can say you don't have to announce it, but I think it's just sort of playing poker at that point. I, I don't think you can afford to not have John Means start a game in a playoff series for you. Maybe in the division series you could say, hey, if if we just thought the matchups – no, nah, you got to have John Means start a game. He's got to be your game three starter. So if you don't want to announce it, you don't want to announce it, but he's got to be your game three starter. Uh, Orioles will uh, go to try to clinch the AL East tonight as they open up the final regular season series of the year against the Red Sox. It is Dean Kramer on the mound against Chris Sale tonight. 
expecting a pretty significant crowd. It was a really good crowd last night, but I think tonight, knowing that if you win, you clinch, I'm expecting tonight to be somewhat packed. Are you? Yeah, are be, you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, me and my mom are going. So. <sighs> I'll be at Edgar Allan Poe. Well, I'll, 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 take, a, I'll, I'll take a, a lot of notes. Thanks, pal. Appreciate that. Lots of... Send me some videos. <laughs> you're uh, you're spraying everybody down with champagne. Yeah. He's like, how did Griffin get champagne into the game? <laughs> be a fun night. Be a fun night to be at the ballpark. Uh, today's show brought to you by our friends at uh, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I assume our next guest is an Orioles fan, but I don't know that. You never know when somebody's from here and maybe the team wasn't very good when they were growing up. He, of course, now is having some great success and made a little bit of history over the weekend as he both was involved in a turnover defensively and caught a touchdown. You don't see that every day. He is Maryland linebacker. And Haverty Grace alum, Sean Greeley, and he is with us now here on GCR. Sean, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, of course. No problem. Sean, are you an Orioles fan? I am. All right. So you're – are you like – is this as meaningful? Like in the locker room, I'm sure there's a bunch of like Yankees fans and stuff like that. Are you getting a little trash talk in? Uh, there's – I feel like most people are uh, stick to football, but – um. There's a good spread within the locker room, yeah. All right, so it's a good time. It's a good time to be able to enjoy it. It's a good time, obviously, to be at Maryland, too. That's the other thing that's going on right now at 4-0. Um, Sean, this thing on Sunday, like, I, or on Saturday, I, I, I guess, I, I don't even know if you, like, thought about it in the moment, but, like, how cool it is and how much history you made becoming just the third player ever to both catch a touchdown and force a fumble in the same game did you have like a moment on the side where you're like, wow, this is this is really kind of neat? Um, it was definitely like a, a cool experience, but I didn't think that uh, I was being put in that kind of regard. I guess I had no idea. So it's a really obviously you find out you're like, whoa, this is kind of historic. I, Sean, your your story is so cool to me because you start as a walk on and you have to put in the work. And I wonder if you ever, like, worried that it wasn't going to be worth it, that, like, the work was not going to match what you were going to get out of it. And did you ever consider going somewhere else, not continuing this path? Did you ever have moments where you thought, I, I don't know, man, this this might not be really what I, I want to do? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, being a walk-on, it's, like a, it's a big financial burden for – for any walk-on within a, a football program or any sport program, for that matter, uh, you know you got to pay for your own school, you got to pay for your own housing, all that, and it's definitely hard on uh, the family of, of any walk-on. So I definitely thought about um, kind of stopping football just so I could, you know, take that burden off my family, but. At the end of the day, I guess I'm glad I, I stuck with it. It all worked out in the end. So, tell me about that, right? Like, what made you continue your pursuit of this up until again a year ago, getting that news that you were going to get on a scholarship? Why didn't you walk away? Um. Well, I had multiple conversations with my mom about it, and uh, every time she made it seem like, you know, everything was fine, and 
you know, just being a good mother. And, um, so there was that. And also, um, my, I mean, my teammates, just being around my teammates, just, I've made some great friendships throughout this team. They're, they're my guys, you know, they're like family. So it was hard to bring myself to walk away from all of that. He is Sean Greeley from the University of Maryland. They're getting ready to try to go 5-0 and as they host Indiana on Saturday at 3.30. Sean, I, I wonder, you know, a year, let's take me back to a year ago and the circumstances. Did, did you have any idea that you were, you were getting your scholarship? And can you put into words what that moment meant to you? Um, I didn't really know. Uh, he had us just kind of stand up and tell us why we love football in front of the team. And, um, so when it happened, I was completely in shock. Um, and I got swarmed by my teammates. I actually ended up taking a helmet to the lip. So <laughs> yeah, I, hang on. Hey, my, worth it. Worth it though. Right. Oh yeah. Definitely worth it. <laughs> Dude, that's such a cool thing, right? So afterwards, who did you who did you call? What were your emotions like right after you get that news? Um, I was, I mean, it was just like a surreal moment for me. It was very. I immediately called my mom, um, and told her, and she didn't. She was in the same kind of state as well. She was just like in shock, like because it came out of nowhere. It was after camp. Uh, right before the season started. So she was in shock um, and then called my dad. He was kind of in the same, everybody was kind of in the same emotional state there, just in shock and just happy and I'm sure a big relief on, from their point of view as well. Sean, did you grow up like, you know, did Maryland matter to you a lot growing up here? Was it, was it, everybody says, well, hey, it's the local school, it's the state school. But, you know, there's a difference between places where everybody's watching every Saturday and places where they're like, yeah, Maryland, you know, wake, wake me up when they matter, right? Like, did you grow up rooting for Maryland and was this a dream of yours to play at Maryland? Yeah, it definitely was. My dad was a big Maryland fan. He always watched, uh, no matter like what the situation was here, how we were doing. Uh, big Maryland basketball fan as well, so I, uh, I guess, followed in his footsteps. And uh, also, you know, growing up, Maryland always had some of the best uniforms. So that is true. That role as well. I, uh, but yeah, I definitely always dreamed of playing here and. You know, it all, it all worked out in the end for me. Did, did that play a role in why you were willing to go through everything that you went through? Like, this this was the dream that I've had since a kid, and so if that, you know, if this is what it takes in order to do it, I'm willing to do it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I didn't really have any desire to go anywhere else. I felt like, um, I kind of felt like I just put all my eggs in one basket here and was just like, this is, I'm all in on this. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I uh, just kept my nose down, I guess, and just kept working and worked out. So now what does it mean? Like, I, you know, obviously it's not like you weren't playing. You were playing. You're getting in involved. But to, like, be involved more as a defensive player, as an offensive player, to be – to have that role increase this season and now as a scholarship player – how much more significant does it mean for you to, to be living out this part of the dream? Yeah, uh, it's funny, like with the, the offensive reps, 
it just kind of happened over spring ball there. Um, we had some, some people transfer out and, uh, needed someone in the role and they just asked if I wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but yeah, I think having the opportunity now to just play for, you know, the university, my friends and, and family all enjoy watching me and, uh, I'm grateful for that. They cheer me on and, I think that definitely keeps me going and gives me like a, a little more motivation than I had before. It's really cool, man. Uh, Sean, we, you know, we mentioned you guys are off to this four and start and winning at Michigan state for the first time in forever. And there is a, a palpable buzz right now surrounding this program. H- how do you guys keep yourselves? Because every, you know, and the outside, everybody's like, Oh, they just go beat Indiana. And then, to get the showdown with Ohio State. How do you guys prevent yourselves from looking ahead or thinking about anything other than we've got a job to do on this Saturday, that's all that we can worry about? Yeah, um, we always put an emphasis emphasis on uh, that, you know, our, our opponent has no name, no face. It's kind of just, it's the next opponent, but it's the most important opponent. So we keep that same mindset going in every game. And uh, it also helps that, you know, if we go, you know, we haven't been 5-0, and and I think I looked it up the other day since, like, 2001. So that's another uh, little milestone to look forward to. So we're really just taking it one at a time there, thinking about those things. No, I think it, it's amazing. Like, do, do you start to – I don't know you guys had a lot of belief. I, I, in fact, let me go back for a second. When when Coach Loxley started talking around the program and using the words Big Ten Championship, what did that mean to you guys? Because, it, you know, as he made clear, it was something he hadn't done before. But what statement did that make to you guys, and how did it change your belief, your confidence, your focus going into this season and what it is that you all were capable of accomplishing? Um, yeah, like you said, he, uh, he never really mentioned – championships before ever it was never in the conversation it was just a a matter of one game at a time and playing towards our standard and how we you know do your job just do your job and like things will play out and um you know bringing that into the conversation this year I think gave everyone an extra like edge put like a chip on their shoulder like you know we were kind of just cast aside in this conversation before and now we're we're putting ourselves in the conversation since we've had some recent recent success so i think it gives everyone like a little extra boost to, and an extra reason why we're gonna um play hard and you know take it to every team we play w- would it be fair to say that you guys still are ready to put together like your most complete performance of the season you know at the beginning of the year we were kind of joking like Maybe maybe the scoreboard needs to say fourteen nothing when the game begins, right? Like maybe that should be the kickoff. Um, but does it feel like you know, as as good as you played and building up this four and zero record, that there still might be even another level that you can reach as far as a complete performance is concerned? Yeah, um, we in those uh, first few games, we definitely had a we were starting slow, and I know Locks talked a lot about this, like. Uh, we got to learn to start faster this year. Um, you know, starting off at a deficit does not, it doesn't help by any regard. So trying to start faster and then keep that same momentum going into the late game 
is really uh, what we've been focusing on, especially going to Michigan State. We uh, had a little more success there. So No doubt. No doubt, right? And it'd be great to, to go and put a, a, a tremendous performance together and get that confidence even more up as uh, you head into that uh, that crazy part of the schedule that's coming up. Um, Sean, I just wonder before we let you go that – you know, it's it's still a kind of a rare thing for kids from Hartford County, right? Like, obviously, you know, Deontay Banks, that worked out okay for him. <laughs> He's doing all right for himself. But but what part that like that that aspect of this that it's still not something very common to see, you know, kids from Hartford County having significant success at the the highest level of college football. You know, how important is that for you, representing Haverty Grace, representing that entire region? and doing something that still is not extraordinarily common to see. Yeah, I, I think it's really important. Um, you know, I had a lot of support at Havity Grace from my coaches. Uh, they all, like, were always there for me. My uh, coach, Lee, in particular, he, um, he helped me get connected with Maryland and uh, got me to, uh, he drove me to some camps, you know, he drove me to, he helped me get around. Um, and, um, you know, I think it just like shows that, you know, anything can really be done. You know, Happy Grace is 1A. It's a very small high school, but I feel like if you just put the work in, then you can get, you can do whatever you really put your mind to. So, and do we officially declare now that like you're a two-way guy? Like we we have a guy in Baltimore, you know, Pat Ricard, right? Like Project Pat, man, that guy spent years playing defensive line and would play fullback at the same time. And man, he split out and played tight end. He's played offensive line. Do we do we officially declare now that like Sean Greeley is the next great two-way player that's going to take over the sport of football? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. If we'll go as far as uh, Pat Ricard. <laughs> But, uh, uh, you know, I do what I can. So, Hey, man, you know, it's, it's got to be a thrill, though, to catch, like a touchdown. You scored a touchdown in a Big Ten football game, man. Like, it's got to be a really big deal for you. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a really cool moment. And uh, it was kind of, it kind of felt like I got a whole other scholarship. I got swarmed by my teammates again. <laughs> it was, it was really That's all. What'd you do with the ball? Who's got the ball? Uh, I, I handed it to the ref, man. No, <laughs> you didn't. There's no way that you did that. <laughs> they got to be able to go back and find it, right? They got to be able to go or at least, like, give you a fake one and tell you it's the ball. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry that it didn't. Like, did you kick yourself afterwards? Like, oh, how did I do that? Or is it just like, hey, man, I'm a football player. I, I'm going to act like I've been there before. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I guess it was kind of uh, – feel like i've been there before i also was thinking like just don't do anything dumb like drop the ball early or like you know <laughs> something like that. please just take the ball <laughs> you know what i can appreciate that bro i can appreciate it uh sean Greeley, it's such a cool story man uh so happy for you i know it's sean Greeley 12 on twitter are you on instagram uh that maryland fans can give you a follow yeah um it's at I am Sean Greeley. At I am Sean Greeley. Sean, congratulations, dude. Uh, uh, best of luck this Saturday and moving forward this season. I uh, look forward to, to seeing how this continues for you and your journey. Thank you for spending time with us this morning. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sean Greeley, Maryland football. He didn't keep the ball. I can't believe that.
He didn't keep the ball. Could you imagine? You've been a you know reserve linebacker, had to fight your way from a walk-on in order to get a scholarship. Sounds like that's just who he is. You get you know? a touchdown, and you don't keep the ball. Oh, man. Oh, God. I'd be kicking myself over there. That's he, cool. He was very team first. He did yeah, not I get, get it, a penalty right? or, I, I or drop Don't the ball. drop the ball before yeah. you're in the end zone. <laughs> just let it be over with Even so I know you, that it happened. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, cool story for Sean Greeley. Maryland, Indiana coming up this Saturday at uh, 3.30 as Maryland tries to move to 5-0. and Real shame that the Ohio State game isn't at home this year because mm. it'd be a great opportunity to try to, you know, a game day is going to Duke for the first time ever um, this week. There's only, uh, there's only there's like, like three, three or four. schools is now. Three now? They got, Kansas got there last year. Yeah. Duke's getting there this year. And then is it Syracuse? I, that sounds right. Syracuse and Maryland. that have never hosted college game day. Uh, Cal. Cal. Okay. Well. Yeah. Cal has never hosted game day. Illinois has never hosted <laughs> game day. Uh, Rutgers and Syracuse are the other one. Oh, Virginia. Virginia so is the other six. one. six. Cal, Illinois, Maryland, Rutgers, uh, Syracuse, Virginia. Yeah, six. Okay. Six of the power conference schools. And I'm right, assuming that right. doesn't count the teams that moved into the Big 12 yet. Mm. Like I, I know that Cincinnati has hosted game day. I could see Houston maybe having – actually, maybe all of them have hosted game day before <laughs> for the schools that moved into the Big 12. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Great stuff with Sean Greeley. Appreciate that. Today's show also brought to you by Superbook. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up with Superbook, and you will get a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. And that can be used, say, when we make our picks later in the show. And you could say, these guys are idiots. I'm going to pick every game the opposite of Griffin because he went 2-6 and six last week. Yeah, but the week I bet I was in first place. You that. were until week. last week. Last week would have been a good week. week to bet against to tail Griffin. I maybe wouldn't bet either way with me because I've been 500 for like three straight weeks. At the beginning of the year, I was struggling. Now I've been settling into a nice 500 rhythm. Just bad when you're under 500. you got to try well, to get to the I other guess side clear somehow. for now. Uh, but if you want to take those picks and use them to make your bets, uh, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Same day, first bet match up to $250. Win or lose when you sign up with Superbook. By the way, if Maryland somehow were to shock Ohio State, then maybe like Penn State, like yeah. that could that would be yeah. their hope for hosting game day. But they would I I don't see it. All right, when we come back in, what do you mean? It would be amazing. It would be just the greatest thing in the world, but boy, I don't know. When we come back in, Ian Eagle, speaking of the greatest thing in the world, every time we get to talk to Ian Eagle, it's the greatest thing in the world. He's on the call for Ravens-Brown Sunday. He's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier 
by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you 
go ahead and keep listening to GCR. We're going to wrap today's show by chatting or by by having you listen to segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Michael Pierce. And it's a little bit weird because normally we do the show every other week. But and I think that the story was we were trying to avoid doing a show the week of the London game and we needed to stagger it. So it, we're doing it after they got back. from. I don't remember exactly what the thought process was here. But we're doing back-to-back weeks of the Tyus Bowser Show. So we had a show this past Tuesday, and now we're going to have another show this coming Tuesday when we will be back at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. The Orioles aren't going to be playing on Tuesday night. There's going to be nothing to distract you. It's going to be a great night to come out with Tyus and his special guest, hang out with your favorite players. We'll be talking football, talking life, Tyus, and a special guest Tuesday night. Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Come join us for the next Tyus Bowser show. You can find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. It's all brought to you by helpmygamblingproblem.org and Superbook Sports. Tyus Bowser show is a partnership of Pressbox and Grade 8's memorabilia. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule and getting ready for Sunday's game, but it's always a thrill to catch up with the great Ian Eagle right here on GCR. I always get very happy whenever I see the schedule of announcers for the week and I notice that the Ravens game will have this man on the call and he will be on the call Sunday. As the Ravens take on the Browns on CBS, he is the great Ian Eagle and he is back with us once again here on GCR. Ian, it's Glenn. It is always good to hear your voice, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for taking the time for us. Ah, we meet again, Mr. Glenn Clark. You know what time of year it is. We've got Ravens football. uh, We've got intrigue. We've got question marks. But also have a a really talented team if they can get healthy and get themselves back to square one in which they thought they were going to have a a highly competitive team. But yeah, gotta gotta get the guys back on the field I, to see it. You know, it's funny, I am because after the the game in Cincinnati in Baltimore, we were like, all right, let's go ahead and see what the uh, hotel prices are going to cost in Las Vegas and how much we're going to be price gouged, <laughs> and we were very excited. I, I've had this sort of weird reaction after the loss to the Colts, and I don't know if have you looked at video and the conversations that you've had yet. I, as as disappointing and deflating and sort of unfathomable as it was to lose at home to the Colts. It really came off more like this is just one of those weird days in the NFL where if you have enough Mm. injuries and enough kind of goofy things occur, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Indianapolis and how hard they played, but it required some bad calls, you know, a a questionable decision to not take a timeout, make sure you get the fair catch uh, off and, and run some time. It took a lot of bizarre circumstances. I'm less convinced that what happened is really a story about us getting too excited about the Ravens and more just sort of an anomaly, you know, a la the Colts beating the Chiefs a year ago that doesn't really mm-hmm. tell us a story about that team that lost. Yeah, I think you're you're going to hit January and maybe think back and say, wow, what a wasted opportunity that mm-hmm. was. Should have been in the win column. So as you're jockeying for position, whether it's to win the division, whether it's to make a wild card, whatever it might be, it's the kind of game that sticks with you a little bit because it had to go down exactly how it did in order to lose. It just felt like they couldn't get to the finish line. And despite the injuries, 
despite the setbacks, it was still all lined up to go to 3-0. and And you, know, you start looking at stats, obviously, during the week. They haven't been 3-0 and since 2016. And that's a long time for a high-quality franchise. You, you would just think somewhere along the way you'd stumble into 3-0 and based on schedule or Lamar just going on a ridiculous run to open the season. How telling is that? I don't know. It's, uh, again, one of those situations that uh, if you watch the game, then you have added context. Mm -hmm. If you didn't, then it just stands out like a sore thumb. How did you lose to the Colts? But there's there's a little bit more texture there once you go through the play-by-play and the decision-making and the clock management and the circumstances and the blown calls. You can understand how it actually came about. I, that's that's the where I felt, and that's why I'm not too worked up about it. And I, I think it matters these next couple of weeks, and that'll tell us a greater story. And I and I, sure. I, I feel like this is still a team, and especially as it looks like they're going to have some some of the guys back this week. There a lot of guys back on the practice field. As long as that continues to yep. trend this week, that'll be good news for the Ravens. It still feels to me like on paper. This is one of the better teams in the AFC and one of the teams that's going to have a chance. I mean, I don't know. Right now at the moment, it looks like Miami might be better than the, you know, the undefeated Miami team a few years ago, right? Like, I'm not I'm not sure. But I, I, it just feels like that if they are healthy, and I get that that's what a lot of people are saying around the NFL, but if they get these guys back, there's still every reason to believe that they are among the top contenders in the AFC. Yeah, the things that I would look at, if you try to view what the Ravens have been and what they've been missing, they have been able to actually improve in certain areas that had to get better. They needed uh, an electric wide receiver. They get one in Zay Flowers. Odell Beckham, obviously, is not what he once was, but if healthy, he's still going to be a threat and someone you have to game plan against. If this offensive line is healthy, you feel good about this group up front. Stanley and Linderbaum are excellent. Uh, you know, the left guard position, that, that's probably going to be a work in progress. Defensively, yeah, they paid Roquan Smith a lot of money. They needed him. Mm-hmm. They needed that type of player. Mm-hmm. They needed someone to inject this unit with energy. They're using Kyle Hamilton perfectly. They they have found exactly what he does and what he does well. And the fact that he's a ferocious hitter, the fact that he's an excellent blitzer, all of that is showing up on film. And I think they're still going to generate enough pass rush when it's all said and done. They've had to go the veteran route based on injuries, based on maybe missing a bit in the draft Mm -hmm. over the last several years. But – They've done it. They found a guy every year to to fill a certain role, and they're hoping to do the same thing this time around with Clowney, and we'll see if you know, Van Noy has a, a big role in this defense. My point being, look around the AFC, Glenn. It's imperfect, and I went in like a lot of people looking at the AFC before the season started thinking, man, it's really deep. Yeah, it's murderous Somebody – yeah, somebody that's of of high quality is going to be left out of the party once the postseason begins. And now here we are, just three weeks in. It's not like we're we're six weeks, seven weeks in. Three weeks in, 
you can tell that there is a very clear separation between the good teams and the teams that are still trying to figure it out and all the things that could go wrong have gone wrong for certain teams. So I put Baltimore in the classification of a really good team, and if things go the way that they're supposed to go, they're going to be in the mix. Ian Eagle with us on GCR. He and Charles Davis and Evan Washburn on the call Sunday for Ravens-Browns on CBS. Uh, Ian, a couple things related to the Ravens. The first being, I, I don't know that we've learned everything there is to learn about the Todd Munkin offense. There have been moments where we have been extraordinarily enamored. Last week was tough, but again, injuries, weather conditions, not sure what to say. What have you gotten a sense of just in, in preparing and what you think is different and what you're excited about maybe to see as this continues evolving, you know, it's, they didn't play at all in the preseason. They're still probably putting things and elements into this offense. Yes. Yeah. Look, it's a small sample size, so I would hate to make these across-the-board proclamations of what's changed, what's different. To me, to the naked eye, I can't tell you that this is just markedly different. Where it does stand out, they're going more three wides than they have. Last year, three wide receiver formations, Glenn, 14% of the time. This mm-hmm. year so far, 64%, <laughs> even without Beckham. That's a huge number in changing your philosophy. Lamar's still running a bunch because he had to. I think there's still the innate part of Lamar Jackson. If the team needs him to make something happen, He knows he can by getting out and getting a first down or uh, creating a play to galvanize the team. And that's where we get into the gray area. You still want him to be who he is. The concerns, and I think part of the reason why the change was made for probably myriad of reasons, but part of the reason was long-term. What's sustainable? How do you keep him healthy while still winning? And, That's the age-old question for any of these running quarterbacks that are successful and have to make adjustments as time goes on. So, again, small sample size. I don't want to go on record saying that uh, it's so different, and I don't want to go on record as saying that it's basically the same. I I think it's still yet to be determined how this is going to look once we hit week 8, week 10, week 12, get deeper into the season, and we, we'll look at the numbers too. You know, the numbers are going to tell a big story, but just even watching the games, you get a feel for what the team is doing differently and how they're approaching things week in, week out. I wonder, I don't know what element of this you guys talk about on the broadcast on Sunday, Ian, because in town this week there was a lot of criticism for Lamar and his performance against the Colts, and I look on paper and I say, well, he completed 70% of his passes and he was – responsible for 300 yards of offense and yes that you know like mm-hmm. the one turnover in particular is unacceptable and taking the sack late was killer and and you do you have to criticize those things but it was interesting to me because I kept saying I don't know why we're we're using words like he was terrible or he was awful and it was presented to me well look he's making 50 million dollars now like when you when you do <laughs> that you're going to be measured in different ways like you don't just get to be good you have to be kind of otherworldly to be worth that money that you're paid and it's such an interesting concept because it is a fact that we have and we know and there is impact to that but i don't know it, it's not like he's different he's not a different player on the field from 
the last time we saw him last season to this year. And I don't know if, you know, because it obviously it was such a major storyline this offseason, it's something that you talk about. Do you measure now Lamar Jackson by the standard of being a $50 million quarterback? Yeah, I think there are two things that happen in sports, in particular NFL, NBA, somewhat MLB and NHL, but more so in the other two sports. First part is where you're drafted. Expectation level based on where you're drafted. Happens all the time in the NBA. There are guys that have had 10, 12, 13 years successful careers, but they were taken 1, 2, 5, 9, 11 overall. And it doesn't measure up to what you thought they were supposed to be. But if they were taken 37 with the same career, you'd say, man, yep. excellent player. Yep. Really, really impressed by what he did during his time in the NBA. NFL, obviously, just take the New York Jets situation. And it's one of many. Uh, when you're taken that high, you're Zach Wilson, you're a quarterback. You are expected to be a player. <laughs> you're not someone that gets a, a long leash. You're not someone that can make mistake after mistake after mistake or have subpar performances where there's going to be a whole lot of wiggle room for the general public, the fans, and oftentimes management coaching to not say, okay, this isn't working. Jets obviously are in a very unique situation. Uh, They were not prepared at that position beyond Aaron Rodgers to have someone step in and Uh, give off the same kind of vibe that they're going to be just fine. And they're going through it right now. The second part that happens is when you get paid a ton of money and things do change. It's just natural. We we have that in our normal everyday life with people that we know, you know, you find out that someone you went to high school with is, (laughs) is doing extremely well in life. And then you see them for the first time. Like, man, wow. They seem different. Yeah. Yeah, it's called success, and it's called how you're perceived. You might be the same person, by the way. Lamar's the same person. You would know better than me, and we'll obviously meet with him, and I'll report back. Every layer of him seems to be exactly the same, Ian. Yeah, I don't think anything about him probably changes in day-to-day life, except his check is a lot larger. He has generational wealth now. Uh, he he was very wealthy prior to this, but now we're talking about a different level of wealth. But he's the same guy. People may view him differently, and that's where it gets interesting, the psychology of this. So I understand it. I get it. I've seen it all of these years in, in all the major sports. You know, ultimately, Lamar Jackson, he's a star. Uh, there's no denying that. Now, what ends up happening in a Ravens uniform, does he ever fulfill the the dream, which is Super Bowl and multiple MVP awards and mm-hmm. winning on the biggest stage at the highest level? I don't know. You know, that's that's why sports keeps bringing us back every single day because the mystery of it is what fuels it. On on the flip side, Sunday, I and the Browns appear to, I think we can use the word ascending. They Certainly defensively, they have been unbelievable to start the year. It's just always difficult for me. You know, it's still only a three-game sample size that we're talking about. So when I do, do we know definitively that this Browns defense, of course, led by a Baltimore guy and Jim Schwartz, um, do we Mm -hmm. know – that this is they are really this good, or do they still have to like get that sample size a little bit deeper for us to be a certain 
that they are, you know, amongst the best defenses in football? Well, I mean, they certainly have a swagger right now, and they've bought into Jim Schwartz and what he was selling during the offseason. Uh, we had that game week one, so Charles and Evan and, and I were in Cleveland for their very resounding win over Cincinnati. Now, we later figured out that Joe Burrow right now is not the same guy physically, and Cincinnati finally got out of the gate with a win, but Cleveland looked really sharp. And defensively, they were outstanding that game. They have since lost Nick Chubb, a huge hit to their offense. They feel like they can get by with a running back by committee mentality. They did not play well in week two. So whatever goodwill that was built up in week one was quickly erased in week two. And then back in week three, where you say, wow, that was really lopsided. That was nearly historic in what they did defensively against Tennessee to allow 94 yards of offense in the NFL when you have garbage time in the fourth quarter, when you just presume, all right, they'll pick up 75 yards, just throwing the ball short, and it didn't happen. So it does speak to their improved roster. I I don't know with Watson. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. what you saw last week is it. Like this is this is what it's going to be the rest of the way. He has yet to show that he can do it week in and week out. It was a good sign. It was a good start, but you have to put things in perspective. And the majority of what he did last week in that victory, short throws, yep. screens, a lot of gadget plays. Uh, that's what they're doing. They're, they're trying to get creative. They're they're using Elijah Moore in a creative fashion. They're mixing and matching their running backs. Cooper is legit. He's always been legit. He's a great route runner. Uh, I'm curious if they work in Najoku a little bit more. He, he's been fairly quiet, and they thought he was going to have a, a serious breakout year statistically. So to answer your question in the most roundabout way possible, <laughs> Incomplete. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I know. Right. I don't know yet. No, but this feels really important on Sunday now. This feels like this is an opportunity for the Browns to assert themselves and say, hey, we might yes. be the team to beat in the division. Um, whereas the Ravens, after they already kind of conquered the Bengals, they now all of a sudden are faced with another really unique task. All right, uh, before I let you go, um, obviously, I I thought blank space was perfect, right? Like, you were doing the first game after the <laughs> after the rumor started, you were doing the first game. Can we now say yeah. it's dead, like it's been killed, everybody's done it, it's it's time to maybe have broadcasters, like there's no creative Taylor Swift yeah. reference that can be made moving forward. Everybody's gotten to all of them. We, we got to move on from it. I'm willing to sign something to that effect, Glenn. I, I have no problem signing a document stating I do not want to hear Taylor Swift puns for the rest of the season. Yeah. I can't speak for everybody no, else. No, no. But that's, that's coming from somebody that got in very early, yep. and I recognize that if you're going to do it, do it early, and then don't do it again. Yeah, right. It's done now. It's been done. We've got it. It was clever. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Now it's everywhere, and I'm over it. Is there any – I don't think Beckham's going to play on Sunday, but if he were to, there are some rumors. There, there's no chance that, like, if Beckham were to play and were to keep a, deep, a catch a deep touchdown, you'd maybe say they're having a hard time keeping up or making some sort of Kardashian reference. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that beneath me. Okay. That's very much, right. very much in my wheelhouse. Uh, I love so, that so much. Please don't was... don't put me on on a pedestal that that I would possibly think I'm above something like that. I'm not. I would love that so much. <laughs> that would be so great. Ian Eagle, uh, I mean it when I say I love you, brother, and uh, I am I'm always appreciative. It it never is lost on me how good you've been to me over the years. Thank you, sir. Look forward to Sunday, and really appreciate you spending the time with us. Yeah, ditto, Glenn. Always great to talk to you, bud. We'll do it again. It's the great Ian Eagle uh, spending time with us and uh, maybe be on the lookout for that. Odell Beckham, don't know if he's going to play, but uh, if he were and he were to score a touchdown, perhaps. Oh, they can't keep up with him. And we get it. (laughs) We'd get it. We'd all know exactly what he was referring to. Yeah, we got to end the Taylor Swift stuff. She's got to go to Do the we? game. She is going to go to the game again on Sunday. Of we got to end the Taylor Swift stuff. It's just, it, you, it, it's been beaten down. Like, it was fine. Again, when Ian did it, it made all the sense in the world, right? It was before we even knew for sure that it was real. It was still this, like, curiosity that well, we had. I'm sure Ian knew. Uh, yes, because he had the inside information. Yeah. Um, now we've been beat over the head with it. And the 8,000th person is like, look how clever I am. I said, we're never getting back together because it was an interception. It's over. It's over. You missed out. I think, Sorry. I think Collins will have something That's good. That's embarrassing. That would be very embarrassing if they're still trying to. He'll have like, something good. Like, and, and like the wink, wink, nudge. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's done. It's done. It's been done. Everybody else already did it. It's over now. It's not unique. It's not clever. It's not interesting. You get a very short amount of time where you're like, okay, well done. And then moving on. Something else. Anything else. Iron Eagle is correct. It is time to move on. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. We're moving on. Oh, because we're never, ever getting back together? Really, really gross. Um, I'm not sure what Stan's plans are. I think that that might have been changed based on... um, Oh, no, I do know what Stan's plans are. He is going to have a conversation with Jeff Newman from the Maryland Five Star, President and CEO. And you're going to be able to see that later on today at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. So you will want to check that out tonight ahead of the Orioles game. When we come back in, we'll make our picks for the week. Ken Zalis joins us. That's next on Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at DriveEZMD.com. We'll keep you moving. 
What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. A real mixed bag in the injury report yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Good news, of course. 
Tyler Linderbaum back on the practice field. Ronnie Stanley back on the practice field. Marcus Williams back on the practice field. Gus Edwards, a full participant, so he has been cleared from concussion protocol. The bad news, still no Rashad Bateman, still no Odell Beckham, still no Justice Hill, still no Marlon Humphrey, no David Ajabo, no Adafi Owe, and even Kyle Hamilton added did not participate with a back injury. So, yuck. You have no edge rushers. You made a safety or edge rusher, and now he's out too. Total mixed bag when it comes to the injury mm. report. We'll see how it progresses throughout the course of the week. Joining us now, it's time for us to make some picks. This man, I love him. I respect him. But he could not have been more wrong about a certain opinion on Sunday during the uh, Project Game Day postgame show. He is our friend Ken Zalis, and he's back with us on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I don't like the word more. Well, I mean, you can tell me I was wrong. Well, you were. You could more. More wrong is my problem. Oh, what's wrong? What do you have with more wrong? You could have been more wrong because you could well, have said. I mean, there, there's you're saying levels, if you're suggesting right, wrong. you could have suggested they should have punted on third down, and that would have been more wrong. All right, I'll listen there to you. that. I'll <laughs> listen to that argument. Couldn't it was so wrong? Ball hit Isaiah Likely right in the chest. Oh man! All right, buddy, how are you doing? Everything good? I'm great. Am I playing? It's been a good. It's been a good week. Am I playing Devon Achan this week? I mean, I mean, you sort of have to, don't you? I, I, it's, I, I, I I'm mean, in a weird place I mean, with it. Yeah, I am too, because. But here, here's here's what I'm going back to with with him. He was on the field for the first snap in that game, so it wasn't. Like, some people will, will kind of poop, throw away the game altogether. It was a horrible day, and at a certain point, you know, they were just stacking the line, and, you know, as soon as you got past the first defense, you know, both him and Mozart were just gone and running free. I, I, I think they had a plan for him, and they, planned, they, they used him right away from jump. They didn't put him in after they were up 14 nothing. They didn't put him in. You know, in garbage time, he was very active from the start. Um, I think you play him. I, I, I okay. you know, he was. Uh, a, let me give you some. One of those things. Let me give you some one options. Of those things. Give me, me some options. Okay, would you play him over DJ Moore? Absolutely. DJ Moore has a horrible matchup this week. Oh, because he's going to be matched up with Sertain. Correct. Okay. All right. I didn't even think about that. I'll give it that. I was actually just thinking because he's a Chicago Bear. That was well, what I no, was no. Thinking. I mean, I mean the fact you know, no, you. I mean, look. I mean, we don't. As we saw last week, close to home, it's a week to week league. And, that is and true. Yeah. You have to in, in fantasy, you have to play matchups a little bit. Like, like if I had a better option than Mike Evans on my bench this week, I mean, I know you don't want to ever bench him, but he's horrible against Latimer. All right. Here's. I mean, just just. Just historically, so you gotta you gotta take this stuff into play a All little right. bit. All right, am I playing him over Brian Robinson? No. Am I playing him over uh, Isaiah Pacheco? Yes. Okay. Am I playing Pacheco or Dobbs then? Pacheco or who? Romeo Dobbs. Oh. Ooh. 
I, I would actually play. I don't like Pacheco against the, the, the Jets at all. Really? Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, the Jets, look, everybody can look at how bad the Jets have been, but it hasn't been because of their defense overall. That's fair. Um, you know, I mean, they just, they're just on the field constantly. Um, you saw a lot more of McKinnon last week. You saw a, lot, a little bit more of uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I just don't think the volume's there yet um, with Pacheco week in and week out. Um, and against the Jets, I, I'd rather play Dobbs. I think Dobbs will look really good. All right, so then I'm assuming I'm playing Thielen over Hollywood Brown, right? It's... Yeah, Thielen's got a great matchup this week, and it's a revenge game. So then am I playing Brown or Dobbs would be the final one? I like Dobbs over Brown. Okay. I feel like I should cut this off because I realize now that you're going against me in this. Oh, good. This I'm is, glad this, this is, is that. Oh, oh, for me. No, this is go. great news. <laughs> this is working out really well. Kizzy, I went heavy on uh, Christian Watson uh, where I could. Uh, am I? He's going to play tonight, so do I have to play him? Um, I, 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 like I have. I, I, I mean, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. Um, I, I'm. I'm in a similar situation. Some things where I'm going to. I, I just. I, I'm really. And I've always been this way, and Clank can tell you, I'm really hesitant to, to bring guys right into my lineup coming off of a hamstring right. because they're always a risk to re-aggravate. And, I, you know, it's not I, – I, you're not getting the Christian Watson this week that we saw at the end of last year. So if you have, a, if you have an option that's playing well in a, in a plus matchup, I can still sit Watson this week. I just don't think a lot of teams are able to do that. I would go Judy or Josh Palmer. I mean, Judy has a great matchup. Yeah. So mm. I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind going Judy. He's a little hit or miss. Palmer's a weird one for me because I, I, I really don't know. I mean, he wasn't very good last year when he was the number one guy when both Allen and Williams were out. Being the number two or number three benefits him a little bit more but he was so disappointing when given the opportunity last year uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant with him all right yeah. all right very good you can get no more help that's the list of things you can get from ken zalas now it's time for us to make our picks uh picks are brought to you this week by superbook so take these picks that's where all the odds come from is superbook so if you hear any number here that you say, wow, that smells really interesting to me, well, then run right over to Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Make up to a $250 same-day first bet, and you will get it matched win or lose if you use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. That's GlennClark, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K, GlennClark23 when you sign up. So uh, a wrinkle added to our picks contest this mm. week. Going into the week, KZ has moved back in front. He is sitting at 20 and 15 on the season. He's one game in front of Andrew Stecka. Can you believe those? I'm saying those words. He's one game in front of Andrew Stecka at the top of the table. Griffin, Nick Kelly, Kyle Ottenheimer, all two games back. Myself, Ryan Chell, four games back. John and Little Rock, five games back. John Proctor and Paul Valley currently at the bottom of the table, six games back. But... They actually have a 14-game lead in the race to avoid last place. Because out of nowhere, from the top rope, five weeks into our contest, swinging his you-know-what around, Jeremy Kahn says, I want in. I say, well, that's weird. 
And we do the math, and he says it's not going to be about just total wins. Jeremy Kahn, if he finishes, despite the fact that he is 14 behind already, if he finishes the year with fewer total wins than whoever finishes in last place from our group, he will be the loser. He will have to come in here one morning and do all of the things that we talked about. Of course, you will have he will have to consume the blood sausage, haggis, and tripe, wash it down with a Will Levis-style Irish coffee, take an Irish dance lesson, perform said Irish dance, and sing both Nothing Compares to You and Zombie for our enjoyment. If Jeremy somehow overtakes Ken at the top of the table, or whoever would finish in first place, he would be the winner with the most wins. So that's what it's come down to. Jeremy Kahn throws his name in the hat. I don't know if we've had time to adjust the table in order to reflect it just yet. I know that's difficult work. We will work on that when we can. So three college games, six NFL games as always. Griffin, where do we begin this week? We begin in College Park as the Indiana Hoosiers. By the way, Ken Zalas, if you were a betting man right now, will Jeremy overcome this deficit? Uh, if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet on Jeremy. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. I mean, I, I, you would think five weeks in with me with 20 wins, I would feel good. Yeah. I don't feel good. Yeah, I don't blame you I at just, all. I just don't. I just don't. And, and I mean... I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty arrogant of Jeremy, but, but as good of a friend as he is to us, yeah, you know, over the years, uh, you know, but, but no, I don't feel good about it. I'm kind of upset about it, to be honest. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. All right, <laughs> let's get into it. First college game. Uh, Indiana at Maryland. Maryland favored by 14 and a half. That damn hook. Yeah. That goddamn hook. It's on Big Ten Network at 3.30 Saturday, by the way. Griffin and I saw that number at the beginning of the week. We're like, 14? Let's race over right now to <laughs> Superbook.com. Th- this is the same feeling that I had a week ago where, like, I'm still not confident in Maryland. They did still didn't put together four consistent quarters against Michigan State on Saturday. Um and it's nice to be able to, you know, say those things when Maryland's winning games comfortably. That's that's it's a different standard. But Indiana's dreadful. Like they're they're atrocious. They had to go four overtimes to beat Akron, and they still only scored twenty nine total points in four overtimes. Akron had a chance to win it in regulation, and it's insanity. I I'm gonna regret it. The number's too big. But I have to take Maryland because Indiana's dreadful. Yeah, uh, they are dreadful. But Just go ahead. Go I ahead. Can't. Go I ahead. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm not really? doing it two weeks in a row. I'm taking got, Indiana. I don't know if you remember. You got okay. the point last week. <laughs> it's I know, not like you got burnt by doing, it. I didn't, feel, I didn't feel good about it. It felt, it felt bad. I mean... It felt, dirty. it felt bad because you won? I'm so confused by this. They lost they lost to Louisville, who stinks. They only the only other win is no, against they're all, they're, they're all their awful. only they're other awful. win was against Indiana State, who I didn't know had a football program. God. What's everybody else doing? Um oh, yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to yeah, I think it's just about as much as it is about Indiana being bad. I do like Maryland a lot and you know, Sean Greeley said they want to be 5 and 0 for the first time since yeah, 2001. Of course they do, but that doesn't mean they're going to cover 14 and a half. I think uh, I think it does. All I right. think it does. Uh yeah, I'll take the Terps. Uh to win pretty big by a couple scores again. 
Um, so I'm on Maryland. On Indiana will be Ken Zalis. Jeremy Kahn Ooh. will be backing the Hoosiers. Ooh, that's not good news for me. And then Dr. Nick Kelly. I feel good. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet you do. Three, three backers of Indiana, Nick, uh, Nick, Ken, and Jeremy. Oh, my. I don't yes. like it that Jeremy's Whoa. on the list. I don't like that at all. That's not good news. That's <laughs> n- the new way that we're going to reflect our picks. It's, it's yeah. now. Nope. He can be wrong. He can be wrong. Uh, we, I might need to have Griffin start sending me his picks before he gets Jeremy's so I don't start to believe that he's just copying Jeremy's picks. Uh, well, I, I, went, I went against him. Uh, I understand right away, right that. Right I'm, just, I'm just realizing that might be the way that things have to go moving forward. Uh, moving on, uh, also in the 330 window on ABC, number 24. Four, the, the number 24-ranked Kansas Jayhawks travel to Texas. Yeah, well, this is a weird big game. Yeah, number three-ranked Texas Longhorns. Uh, the Longhorns are favored by 16 and a half. Which I get, right? But, like, at the same time, I, I, this is still the era of Texas football where you're expecting the other shoe to drop at some point. And it's a big number. Let me Going over what Kansas has done this season. Kansas beat Missouri State, they beat Illinois, they beat Nevada, they beat BYU. It's not like Kansas has done anything spectacular, but they've clearly been building something under Lance Leopold. 16.5 is the number. God, I want to bite so bad on this. I want to bite it, but I can't. Give me Mm. Texas. You know, somebody is going to listen to the first part of our three picks and wonder what the date is. Because this sounds like basketball picks. Right. We're thinking against Indiana, yeah. Kansas. Yeah, right. Going to get to Duke in a minute. It is oh weird. Oh, my God. It and they're weird. all double-digit points. Yeah. It's really weird. I, I'm not taking a basketball school against Texas. I know, but it's 16 football. and a half. So, That's the part that I'm struggling with. I don't care. With. I don't care. They have it. Kansas is that team that everybody, because they were so bad for so long, is that nice story. And everybody wants to believe that they're here. But it's too early. They're a year ahead. It's not happening. They're not. They're not going to Texas and and keeping this close. This is a blowout. For the record, Texas, Texas came to Kansas and won fifty-five fourteen a year ago. So, yes, Kansas remembers that. Is what you're saying? Ah, yeah, yes. ah. Kansas remembers that. Oh, I okay, like. Yeah. I'm buying into the hype. I like. Uh, I, All right. I like Kansas. I'm going to take them uh, getting sixteen and a half. On the road in Texas, whatever. I'll take it. I'll take All it. I'll right. take it. Go Jayhawks. Uh, so I'm back in Kansas. I'm not alone, surprisingly, as John and uh, Little Rock chimes in, uh, complaining that once again we are another week without an SEC matchup. But we have Texas right here, John. So Yeah, Texas is an SEC school. Yes. Not sure if you have SEC mainstay. Yeah, right. Uh, Big <laughs> SEC powerhouse, Texas. Uh, he is back in Kansas. John and Little Rock is, as well as Ryan Shell. So that is the three, myself, Ryan, and John in Little Rock. And we would point out that Texas already went on the road and beat Alabama, but we're not sure that Alabama is any good. So I'm not really (laughs) sure how valuable that win is, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Moving on to another basketball matchup, uh, the number 11-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish are traveling to Durham to take on number 17 Duke Blue Devils. That's at 7.30. This is where college game day will be for the first time ever on Saturday. What's the line? Uh, uh, Duke plus six. Duke is getting six at home, so the Fighting Irish favored. I thought that spread would be bigger. In favor of Notre Dame? Yeah, I really did. I thought they'd be favored by more than a touchdown there. So, obviously, you know, there's some reaction here. Duke, of course, stunned Clemson. But as you'll remember, it was one of those, like, super weird anomaly games where, like, Clemson statistically was much better and got into the red zone a bunch of times and just didn't come away with points in various different ways. Um, 
you know, Notre Dame didn't look great, and they, they lost a big game. And you would say, Glenn, if your theory is that Notre Dame never wins a big game, then shouldn't you be picking against Notre Dame here? I don't con- – I'm sorry. I think Duke's being overinflated by it, – it'd be like me declaring Ohio State-Maryland to be a big game next week. Like, I, Well, it is, yeah. For Maryland? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I think, I think Notre Dame bounces back, and I got Notre Dame covering. Yeah, I, I think this is like thirty-seven to three coming. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. I, I know it's a nice story. Again, I'm not taking Duke in a football game. I give me Notre Dame. It's only surprising. It's only six, so I feel like Vegas is just begging us all to take Notre Dame, and they know something because I, I agree with Glenn. I think this would be so much higher, but I'll take Notre Dame. Can we all? Can we do something fun real quick? Yeah. What do you think the spread is next week if Maryland wins this week? If Maryland wins this week, they are still twenty-four point. I was I wasn't gonna say, I was gonna say twenty-one and a half. Uh, I was gonna say twenty-one and a half point dogs. Okay. Why? What do you? I, think? I was gonna go somewhere. No, I was gonna go somewhere around twenty, okay. twenty-one. So, yeah, yeah. You're right in the yeah, same area. It's got like forty-five, twenty-four. Right Although you know, remember yeah. they played they played they a very played, close yeah, game they a year they did. ago. They played a break. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am going to be taking, I mean, yeah, game day's there for the first time. I think Duke is a good team, and I think Notre Dame's a good team too, but uh, they, they could still win. But I think if they do win, it'll be very, very close. I don't see 37-3 to 3 at all, so I will be backing the Dukies in this one. Uh, and I am uh, I'm not alone, but uh, I don't have many on my side. Uh, on Notre Dame as well as uh, is, is Nick Kelly, who is, he, he refers, as Glenn once said, Notre Dame is just not losing to Duke. Yeah, that's right. It's, Nick Kelly still remembers the year that, that Maryland did lose to Duke <laughs> in football. Drew and, I, Drew and I were doing a pick segment on Friday morning, <laughs> and I said, dude, I don't care what you say. They're not losing to Duke in football. And they did. Oh. I don't remember what oh. year this would have been, like 09, something like that, 08, 09, somewhere in there. And it lived eternally. Like that, dude, I don't care what you say. They're not <laughs> Man, I gotta find that to pull to that Duke. one. <laughs> My God, if that audio still exists somewhere, it became a regular oh, part. Okay. Good good pool, Nick Kelly. Good pool. Um, Who else? Quickly. Uh, on Duke is uh, myself, Paul Valley, which I don't feel great about, but mm. Jeremy Kahn oh, is backing no. Duke. Oh, no. No, bad We're news. the three Duke backers. Uh, tonight on Prime Video, the Detroit Lions travel to Green Bay to take on the Packers. The Packers are getting two points at home tonight on Prime. <sighs> They're Jared Goff is 16-7 and seven against the spread in September in his career. Go mm. figure. I don't love this pick at all because I don't think the Lions have done enough to deserve being road dogs on a Thursday or road favorites on a Thursday night against a, a team that we don't know is is dreadful. Like if if they were playing the the Broncos, sure, then I think Detroit should be road favorites. But to play a team that might be good on the road on Thursday night and to be favorites, that doesn't seem right. But the number is small enough that. I'm going to have to ride with it anyway. Lions is the pick. Yeah, that's where I am as well. I I don't know what the weather is, and I wish I did before I'm going to say this. Uh, but and, and these divisional games, as we've seen on Thursday nights, get really, really ugly. Um, but I'm going, to, I'm going to keep on riding the, the Lions until it really bites me in the butt. Um, I, I just think that golf, that, that team plays hard, and I don't – I don't know what to make of the Packers yet. 
I, I just, I, I think they're good. I think, but they're just getting all these hurt guys back. I, I'll take the Lions. Um, the weather, by the way, it should be clear. Looking like low sixties for the okay. game. Um, should be clear. Maybe like eight mile per hour winds. I think. Uh, but yeah, I was. One. You want to go with the barometric pressure next? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can pull it up. I can pull it up. Um, I was leaning the Packers as well, just because I I really like Jordan Love and I I feel like he you know is kind of just I don't know how to say it, kind of a winner you know, um, but then I saw that uh, as a Lion Jared Goff is ten and two against the spread uh, versus the NFC North as a Lion, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with the Lions and I'm gonna take uh, Jared Goff as well. So on the Packers. We have John in Little Rock, Nick Kelly on the Packers, Andrew Stetka is on the Packers, and Jeremy Kahn. Jeremy Kahn is taking the Packers. I don't like this at all. I don't like this. This is a bad week. I think I'm I'm one in three as far as agreeing with Jeremy Kahn so far. This is bad. Uh, moving to Sunday, Sunday morning over across the pond in London yeah. at Wembley. Well, Wembley live Stadium. from uh, Andy's room right, from yeah, Toy yeah. Story, of course. <laughs> the Falcons are taking on the Jaguars, uh, which I guess is, I mean, it is a home game for, for the Jags. Uh, and the Jags are favored by three. I was not aware three that they, they had done this bit before with a hockey game last year where they like played it in a Disney universe. Oh, and really? had what? Yeah, it's this guy, Drew Carter, who does the play-by-play for this. And I like watched some of the highlights to see what it was like. And it was sort of like watching NHL like hits from years ago, except with, like, you know, everybody's got a big head and they're all... I don't know. God bless them. They're trying something. It'll be different. It is definitely not for adults. They're, I love Toy Story, but this is not how to watch a football game. Um, oh, they got Booger on it this weekend? God bless. I'm going to watch. Chris Fowler's doing a broadcast, too. I'm going to watch that one. That'll be how I watch the game on Sunday morning. Um, this is. I hate these. I hate these because so much of a trip to London is like, who's prepared to play in London? And everything else almost gets thrown out the window in those situations. So what I know is that Desmond Ritter is yet to win a game away from home in his career. And, of course, the Jaguars have experience going to London, so you'd think they would be better prepared, which is probably the only reason at this point that they're even favorites because, boy, have they looked like doo-doo. I mean, they have just looked terrible to start the season. I'm going to stick with the Jaguars here, but it's another one that I don't feel good about. Yeah, um, they have looked horrible, and it's especially offensively. Um, if I'm not mistaken, is this is this the year that they do two they in a row? Back, in London? Yeah, back to back games. Yep. Okay, so they probably left early. They they're 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 ready to go. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them because it's really hard. You got a dome team going, you know, to London playing on that crazy field that sometimes is a mess. I'll take the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the home team as well on this one. I'll take the Jaguars. Uh, on the Falcons, we have two backers of the Falcons. Ryan Shell will be taking the Atlanta Falcons, and so will Jeremy Kahn. I don't. I'm I'm going to jump off a bridge. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to lose my house. What is going on here? This is bad, 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 man. Moving back. Uh, to uh, we're making our picks yeah. for the week. Ken Zalas is with us here on GCR, and I am suicidal. <laughs> I think, I don't know. You're like one in, one in five. I'm not kidding. Bit, right? I'm not And I'm, I I almost guarantee that, like, this is just the way it's going to be now moving forward. I'm just going to have to hope for the best. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah. I, the, is... I remember two weeks ago, I went to bed. Two weeks ago, uh, Jeremy, uh, I, I saw him for his birthday, and – 
he was telling everybody that was out that his two biggest plays of the day were going to be the Patriots against the Dolphins and the Bengals against the Ravens. And I went to bed because I had bet re- not only in this contest, but I had bet real American dollars on those two games. They were like the only two games of the week that I had put real American dollars on, and I had bet the opposite way in both of them. And I went to bed that night, like, mortified. Like, I thought they were good bets. And, of course, I won both of them. And Jeremy was a big stupid head. So I pray to God that this is the week that Jeremy is talking out of his ass. Has no idea what he's saying. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll uh, back, see. back to the mainland here uh, as the Steelers head to Houston to take on the Texans. And the Texans are getting three-point Steelers, three-point favorites on the road. Man. What do you do with this one, right? Like, the Steelers do not deserve to be favored on the road because their 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 offense stinks. Now their defense is obviously extraordinary, and T.J. Watt is one of the best all-around players in all of football. Houston's a weird thing because it seems like they're starting. Remember, we said this at the beginning of the year. Like Houston had the pieces that when you looked at them, you could see them being a team figured things out this season that wasn't woeful because the pieces were there. They just had to come together. They're, they're certainly coming together, I think, quicker than we expected them to. None of us saw that coming a week ago. In a perfect world, this number is slightly bigger, and you're like, yeah, yeah, obviously I'm going with Houston here. It's not that, and so... I guess you have to stick with the Steelers. God, I want to. I want to so badly because I really like what Houston is doing. But I don't know. Like, all it takes is one play for T.J. Watt to ruin your life. I, I have to stick with the Steelers, but I don't like it. Well, I'm sticking with the Steelers, and I do like it because it's only a, a three-point spread. They look good uh, enough for me on the road against the bad Vegas team. I don't know what to make of Houston. I, I agree with you. I think they have – some nice young pieces, um, but they still can't run. They're still not running the ball well. Uh, the offensive line is still a little bit beat up. Uh, so I'm going to take the team with the better defense. I'll take the Steelers. By the way, I, this was a number that really alarmed me. Teams that play on the road in Las Vegas since the Raiders moved there, the next week are 9-17 and 17 against the spread. Ooh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, I haven't gone broke yet betting on the Steelers this season, so I think I'm going to continue. You know, a Watt in Houston typically uh, that plays that plays out pretty well for okay. for the guy named Watt. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with the Steelers as well. And uh, it is nearly a clean sweep. We have our first lone wolf oh. of the game of the uh, of this week. <laughs> you tell me it's Jeremy Conn. I'm going to jump. <laughs> it's going to be Jeremy. It's Andrew Stecka. Oh, is. hey, Andrew Stecka is in second place this season. Yeah. And um, Lone Wolves yeah. have been pretty good of late. I think they've won three of their last four. Yeah, so four. big opportunity for Andrew Stecka here. As, uh, it seems like it's going to be rarer and rarer that we get Lone Wolves, I think, with the, as this group uh, continues to grow. Uh, on to Buffalo. Buffalo will be hosting the 70-point scoring Miami Dolphins at 1 o'clock on CBS. But the Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Dolphins. Wow. <laughs> What in the world do you do with that? <laughs> By the way, of course it's the best game of the of course it's the game of the year and no one's going to be watching it on Sunday because we're all watching the local cover. It's it's not available on your local coverage 
and you'll be watching the Ravens, and maybe best-case scenario you've got, if you have the package, you have it on the second screen. Just bang up dynamite job you're doing over there, NFL. Bang up job. Well done. When are they going to hire Glendo? Cowboys Patriots in the big national window on Sunday afternoon. Meanwhile, the best game of the week. Nobody gets to watch. So should, should, should they just start doing it like college football does and don't announce I, times until you know a I, week or two? I've said for, they should stop doing one and four o'clock. They should stagger. They should have all of the games go like one, two, three, twelve, twelve thirty, one, one thirty, two, two thirty, three. Do it like, like March Madness. Yes, that I've would talked be, about the March Madness thing for years. That would be, have a game on CBS, a game on CBS Sports Network, a game on whatever other net, Viacom networks they own. My God, I don't know why it's anyway. True TV. <laughs> That'd be funny. The moral of the story is, uh, I can't pick against the Dolphins right now. I can't do it. Like, they're just playing a different sport than everyone else is. And I get the Bills looked really good a week ago, and their defense stepped up. But uh, what the Dolphins are doing is insane with their speed, and I just don't know how anyone matches up with it. So how do you – if the Dolphins are dogs anywhere, how do you pit bet against them? I've got to ride with the Dolphins. Feels like a trap, doesn't it? It feels like a massive you know, we just, trap. We just, we just, we just saw, we just saw the Dolphins put up seven, mm-hmm. and now they're going to a team that looked finally looked good for the first time this year, and you're going to give the Dolphins two and a half. It just feels like a massive trap, and I'll take the bait because I'm not betting against the Dolphins right now when it's under a field goal. That's it. Yeah, I was with you guys. I mean, like, I don't know how you go against the Dolphins right now, but I mean, it is it like it's still the NFL, and anything should anything can can really yeah, happen. Yeah, right. So I don't um, know what that means. Since 2005, teams that are three and zero against the spread in entering Week Four uh, that are that come in as underdogs are four and thirteen against the spread since 2005. That's uh, weird. When, yeah. It is. Um, so that's I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bills at home here. It's it's a small number. The so. Bills have also dominated the Dolphins at home. Like yeah. and it, it, they've won seven straight against Dolphins at home. And I feel like an idiot because the last two weeks I went against the Bills like an idiot mm. and they burned me. So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bills here uh, against the Dolphins. And we are largely split this week uh, on the Bills as myself, Paul Valley, John Proctor, uh, John and Little Rock, Nick Kelly, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn. Mm. On the Bills, on the Finns is Ryan Shell, Ken Zalis, Kyle Ottenheimer, and Glenn Clark. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm two, two and five agreeing with Jeremy so far this week. <laughs> All right, let's 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 wrap it up. Uh, at the, oh, the, we got, yeah, the America's more. Game of the Week, Dallas Cowboys host the New England Patriots at 4:25. It's the biggest wanking motion ever. Dallas favored by six and a half. Uh, that's the only part I have an issue with. I, maybe Dallas covers this number, but they have not earned six and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I get it; they're not going to be as bad as they were a week ago. But what I would say is the Patriots' defense is actually good. Um, I, six and a half, I don't like. Patriots. Uh, I think you get an angry uh, Cowboys team this week. Um, a very focused team. I, I, I think they're, a touch, they're at least a touchdown better, especially on the offensive side. And the Dallas defense is really, really good. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, that's how I'm kind of feeling this as well. I don't really have much confidence in it in it at all, but uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys to bounce back as well. So on the boys will be myself, Paul Valley, Ken, John and Little Rock, Andrew Stetka on the Cowboys. On your side this week, uh, Glenn, or for this matchup at least, is the is Jeremy Kahn. Ah, oh, thank God. <laughs> Ryan Shell. He's allowed to get this one right. Dr. Nick and John Proctor and Kyle on the Patriots. All right, all right very good. Finally, in Cleveland, Baltimore. 
and the Ravens travel to take on the Brownies. That is at 1 o'clock on CBS. Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, Evan Washburn. Browns favored by three. This one is this is brutal, right? Like, this really is brutal. Um, your brain absolutely says the Browns is the pick here. Their defense has been outstanding. But it's still choosing to trust the Browns when the Ravens are getting points. And I get it again. Three, like, if it was three and a half, then it's easy. Then you say, okay, fine. Three changes. I'll, I'll be the idiot. Ravens. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do with this game. Uh, because you said it right. I have to believe in the Browns. And I don't for the long haul. Yep. Ravens are so beat up. And the Cleveland defense is just, I mean, they're, they're, you talk about the, the Dolphins playing a different football game offensively. They're playing a different football game defensively. They're not giving up anything. They do everything well. They stop the run to get after the passer. They're shutting down top wide receivers. I, I, I don't like how we're going into the game. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to take the Browns. And taking the Browns. All right. Uh, I mean, I still uh, think since the Ravens have Justin Tucker, I like them in in these close in these close uh, spreaded games. I don't know if I'll ever be able to go against the Ravens. Honestly, I'm taking the Ravens as well. It's it's it, it is tough because the Browns defense is really good. Um, I'm not sure how much uh, torn up everybody else was over it, but it is a largely uh, we're largely most support for the Ravens. Uh, it is 92 in favor of the Ravens. Ken flips to the Browns. After telling me Ravens uh, last night or this morning, whenever Ken gave me picks, but Ken flips to the Browns and Ryan Shell on okay. the Browns. Right. Everybody else. So Jeremy's allowed to get four games right this week. All right, and then maybe we can split the others, and I'm still good. I'll be all right. I'll let him get six, Glenn. and I can have seven, and we'll be all right there. Glenn, right. Glenn, yes. I think I only, I think Jeremy and I only pick two games the same. Oh, that's even worse. Oh, what a nightmare that is. Same what a Jeremy nightmare that is yep. for you. Oh, that's not good. All right, uh, Fantasy nope. Pros, of course, and then uh, your rankings are available at PressBoxOnline.com? Yeah, they, they are. Hopefully they'll be better because they sucked last week. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At Fans Fantasy <laughs> is how you follow them on Twitter. Appreciate you, bud. We'll talk to you again next Thursday, all right? Take care, guys. All right, that's Ken Zalis with us for picks this week, and we will get them up a little bit later on at GlennClarkRadio.com. Texas, yeah, Texas and uh, Steelers are the only ones only that ones Ken and that Jeremy can agree on. That is bold, 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 bold. Uh, if you need some fantasy football advice, we've got an opportunity for you. Yeah, if your football team, if your fantasy football team needs a lot of help, like you're trying to start, you know, like I am, Josh Palmer and Jerry Judy at wide receiver, uh, uh, you go over to pressboxonline.com slash contest because Pressbox and Live Casino and Hotel, they have the answer. One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with Pressbox fantasy football expert Joe Serpico with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on starts and sits, trades, and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social. Uh, this is a really, really good deal. You get a reserve table, $200 of food and beverage credit, and all you got to do to enter, go to pressboxonline.com slash contest. That's pressboxonline.com slash contest. Must be 21 or older to enter. Complete rules are available over at pressboxonline.com slash contest. All right. So before we get to Marty Smith real quick, we have not uh, – a couple things I wanted to get in. One, we have not talked at all about the Damian Lillard uh, mm -hmm. trade. 
I think Milwaukee becomes the favorites now. I, I haven't looked. Let me go to Superbook and see if they've got updated odds. Um, I, I assume that the Nuggets were just going to be favorites for a little while to every year to be the to win the NBA title. But I don't know, man. Like I, I would think. Uh, yeah, the Bucks have surged in front. Plus three fifty for the Bucks. Nuggets plus five hundred. Celtics plus five fifty. Suns plus six fifty. Lakers ten to one. Warriors twelve to one. Um, I mean that's a lethal combination. I mean that's absolutely lethal. Giannis and Damian Lillard together. Now that means that Giannis has to stay healthy, obviously, and you know all those things. But damn, like that—that that is as formidable a duo as far as their different skill sets are concerned, right? Like you can talk all you want about the Suns' backcourt. On, on top of everything, they no longer have DeAndre Ayton now. That might prove to be addition got, by subtraction. Uh, yeah. And I Nurkic is, is is it on I I'm, I I think that DeAndre Ayton is a better basketball player than Yusuf Nurkic is. I get that the fit never seemed to work, and Ayton was coming up small in the biggest situations. I don't know how to explain DeAndre Ayton's story. Right? It makes no sense. There are moments where he has been unbelievably good, and then there have been moments where he can't even be on the floor. It's what it is. They, they kind of, at some point, we're going to have to move on. They've moved on. But what the Suns present is they, they're they going to have to win scoring in their backcourt for the most part. What the Bucks present is almost a perfect combination. And when Jamal Murray got healthy, that was kind of what the Nuggets presented, right? Like that... You could pay all the attention that you wanted to Jokic, but he was also a damn good passer, and he was very capable of getting the ball out to the guys that you were leaving open. And when Jamal Murray was on the floor, the Nuggets proved that, like, if we had had him all along, maybe they would have been winning multiple championships. The bigger stories, even than the Bucks part of it, is what this says about a league in which the players had usurped all of the power. And I know that was discussed uh, ad nauseum yesterday. It makes sense because they're based in Miami. I know it was a big topic on the Levitard show. Um, Damian Lillard wanted to go to Miami. Damian Lillard. And, and it it almost like felt like it was sort of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge thing that everybody knew. Well, before the season begins, Damian Lillard's going to be in Miami. Like He's, he's going to be part of the heat. They're just waiting to try to drive it up as much as they can. And... Players in those situations in the NBA have kind of long been able to dictate. The NBA has essentially given all the, the players have usurped the power in the NBA. It's in part because there are fewer of them. So even like the lesser players are more highly compensated and are more there's only there's only so many guys on a team. You don't get to have a 53rd man on the roster. There isn't a left-handed bullpen, you know, specialist, a loogie on the roster. I get it. The back guys on the back end of an NBA roster are still two-way players. They're still but like the the power is more significant on smaller rosters. The 30th guy on an NFL roster is still relevant. I I'm stunned in a way that this ended up playing out the way that it did and that the Blazers said, we don't care. If you're not going to play for us, we're going to do what's best for us. And 
I mean, I don't know. That, maybe I just wasn't paying attention because who would be paying attention to the NBA in August and September? I had not heard anything about the Bucks in this process. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, and maybe again, like it was in NBA circles, very loud. And just why would you be dipping your toes into NBA circles in the late summer and early fall? But it is wild to me that this is a team that kind of said to a player, "No, you don't get to have all the power here." And you know, I guess Damian Lillard could have threatened, like, "Well, I I won't play." He could have, you know, done whatever he wanted to do in order to force his way to Miami. And maybe he says, eh, "You know, I just want to win a title." And and Milwaukee got a pretty damn good chance of doing that. And maybe there was still power involved. Like maybe there was somebody else that was on the table that Damian Lillard said, "If you trade me there, I won't." Right, like I won't show up, I won't play. But the assumption was that he wanted to be in Miami the entire time, and what a kick in the teeth it has to be for the Heat, who it felt like were like operating with the idea that Damian Lillard was going to be part of their team and that they were going to become the favorites to win the East. And this seismically shifts the balance of power um, to Milwaukee. I mean, seismically. Yeah. So, big deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I think I think okay. I agree with you. Dynamite I do, I sh- well, yeah, call him the best color analyst in sorry. basketball for nothing. I know it's it's a bummer for the Wizards, I guess, because now they really have no shot in the East. Um, <laughs> what do you like? They had a chance in the East. Yeah, I mean they might have. No, no, Jordan Poole is going <laughs> to. They Jordan sure Poole, is. Jordan Poole was going to. I mean Jordan Poole's now, I guess, not the best shooter in did the you East really anymore. Try to say bummer for the Wizards. <laughs> that was what you had to offer. Yeah, <laughs> they finished runner-up though. Like everybody said, they yeah. had the second-best package on the table. For trading did, for yeah, Damian Lillard. Yeah, yeah. Offer them, like, the Washington Monument or something. And sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. And now it's uh, – I can't remember the guy's name. Who is the, the – who's the guy that that went to Portland? George, George, or, oh, the rookie. Or, who's the, the – No, uh, like the full deal? No, 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 no. Who was the guy they drafted? That, oh, I don't know. Oh, my I, God. It's, why it's, am it's I struggling? NBA. No, why am I blanking on this? This is bad. What the hell is going on here? Um, Scoot Henderson. Yeah, Scoot Jeez. Henderson. Scoot Henderson. Right. Why was I struggling with that? So it's uh, fully the Scoot Henderson show moving forward in Portland. As no, that was the first thing you said to after you drive. I was hoping to play with Lillard. No, I mean, sure, but he never was. He was never going to. Everybody knew. All right, uh, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his busy schedule. He is uh, on a tour promoting his new book, but always a, a real great opportunity to catch up with Marty Smith from ESPN here on GCR. I have been diving into this book, and it's interesting that we're talking, of course, this week in Baltimore, we talk so much about Brooks Robinson, and when I think about people that are entirely and always kind, I think about the author of this book, Sideline CEO. He is ESPN's Marty Smith, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Marty, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so great to catch up. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us. Oh, pleasure's mine, brother. I appreciate you having me this morning. I hope you guys are good up there. Everything is good here, Marty. I, you know, it's funny because when I when I found out the concept for the book, I thought, man, that's fascinating, right? And I can only imagine what these conversations were like for you. And I want to bring up a, a couple of things that I've I've read already, but I just, in general, what's amazing to me about you is what I would worry if I was approaching this project is that I would ask questions and the answers I would get back would be platitudes, right? How are you able? <laughs> to present these concepts and avoid from just getting coach speak or platitudes in terms of concepts like leadership um, when you were talking to so many legendary coaches? I guess I would say a couple things. First, it is the longstanding relationships that I've built with many of the individuals in the book based on my ESPN career. 
folks like Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, Roy Williams, Kirby Smart, those folks. Um, and then I think from there, the ones that I had not engaged with previously, like Kim Mulkey, uh, the great LSU women's basketball coach. I'd never met her prior to this project. Patty Gasso, the great Oklahoma softball coach, also never met. I'd never met Doc Rivers prior to the project. So I think where I got a little fortunate was I I had already built great relationships with a lot of them. And then because those with whom I built great relationships gave me great stuff, I was able to go to the ones I had not met and said, well, these other people are in the book. And I'm I'm certain that that gave me a lot of leverage with them saying yes. And then being vulnerable, I'm not sure why they were vulnerable, but you're so right in so many cases with these people, we see them on the sidelines doing their thing or in a press conference being clinical Mm -hmm. or vanilla. But in this book, man, they really are vulnerable. Uh, you know, some of the interesting things, so I, I have great respect for Tom Izzo, right? And and what he, said, what he said about not believing in being a leader by example, like, really blew me away, right? Like, that's, yeah, not, a, that's not a leader. And I'm like, whoa, 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 because we say that. Yeah, Marty, you know in our business, this is just one of some of the nonsense things that we say not even thinking about it. But the thought process there. And and being willing to sort of call that out was that was the first thing as I was diving into the book that really jumped out at me like whoa that's somebody saying something here. It was really fascinating to me too, and Coach Izzo has been wonderful to me throughout my my journey. And when he said that, it's funny the, the the process of writing this book was different than my first book, which was more memoir ish, mm-hmm. and so the edit process was really grammatical making sure that uh, I told the stories in as succinct a way as I could and that kind of thing. This one was people are entrusting you with the spirit and the context of their words. And so I wanted to be a tremendous steward of that spirit and that context. So the edit process, I wore these poor folks out, brother. I mean, I went back to them time and again. Is this what you meant to say? Is this how you meant to say it? Is this what you meant? And, with Coach Izzo, I went back to him several times, and that was one of them. He goes, hell, yeah, I believe that. I meant every word of it because if you're not bringing people with you, I think the ultimate through line of this book is through trust of your words and follow through with your actions, it is bringing people with you because leadership is not power. Leadership is influence. Mm-hmm. So can you bring people with you to achieve a task, especially if they don't believe they're capable themselves. And that's really the through line with all of the pillars that are in the book. But, yeah, man, Izzo's a stud. I love that dude. He is uh, Marty Smith. And, again, the book is Sideline CEO. It is available right now, and we will link it up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Sideline CEO, Leadership Principles from Championship Coaches. Uh, let me go back because you said you know not everyone was someone that w- was there anyone that you wanted to have involved that that wasn't really as interested in being vulnerable and opening up to you was there you know was there someone to you that was maybe the biggest surprise like I can't believe I got so many good things out of this person uh, during the course of doing this book. Honestly, I felt that way about 
All of them. Um, I wish I got more time with Coach Gibbs. It was funny. I've known Joe Gibbs for 25 years through my NASCAR life, and he's a wonderful man, and I've always loved his spirit. And it was funny. We were in the middle. I mean, he gave me plenty of time, and we were probably 30 minutes in. I don't know. And he was like, oh, my gosh, Marty, I got to go. I have a competition meeting. Hmm. And so he had to bail out of the interview a little earlier than I wanted to get a few more things from Coach. But nonetheless, he was so brilliant and kind to give me the time he did. There were two people that I wanted in the pages that I did not get in the pages specifically, one of whom told me no. The other one was scheduled to do the book and then got very busy. The one that told me no is someone I've gotten to know generally well through my show on SEC Network, Marty and McGee. That's Dawn Staley, the amazing Mm, women's basketball coach of South Carolina. I think Coach Staley politely declined because she's going to write her own leadership monster someday. Doesn't want to give away all her secrets. I get it. (laughs) And the other one is Deion Sanders. Hmm. Coach Prime told me, yes, he was going to do the book. And uh, then he uh, got the Colorado job, and we just couldn't make our schedules mesh. I was on a super tight deadline. I only had – I had less than five months to write this thing. So I was on a super tight deadline, and uh, we did Prime, and I just couldn't make it work. But I admire him so much. And now, you know, he's the biggest story in sports again with what he's doing out west of Colorado. No question. No question. Marty, I wonder if I could for you, because this is fascinating. You know, you and I have talked about how what resonates with me and I, your your unbelievable kindness and that you are someone who is the exact same in every circumstance. And I wonder for you, you know, you talk about your show, Marty and McGee, as the face of it, you've got to be some amount of a, of a leader in those moments. It, mm-hmm. Is it ever difficult for you to constantly be Marty Smith, the, like a burden of I'm known for my kindness, and yet you need to deliver results <laughs> at the same time? Like you need to make sure that everybody's doing their job and presenting the best thing you can do to have a successful show, to do successful broadcasts. I think that you can be a servant leader and make your point very directly while not making it personal about someone if they didn't do the job that you expect or if they need to maybe alter their approach or evolve in certain ways, that's part of leadership. That's one of the pillars in the book is evolution. And I've certainly evolved because my, my, my natural personality is I'm an impulsive person. I have been my whole life. My father was a very impulsive person. My son is a very impulsive person, but I've realized with time and enough failures that I need to go inward when I fail. I need to process what I've done wrong, and then I need to take the steps to make sure that I'm doing everything I have to do to find my best self all the time. And that is a challenge a lot, but I know that that's the best me, and that's what I'm trying to be every day. And so I think it probably it might be easier in life to be just flippant in certain contexts, but I don't want to be that guy, man. I'm not always great at it. There's a lot of things I want back, but I do try my best to constantly be that kind of person. So I don't know. That's a great question, and I'm I'm oh sorry. I'm trying I'm trying every single day to do that. But we got something special with Marty. It's funny you say that because. One of the thing, one of the very important conversations 
that Ryan and I have had recently, and I'm not speaking out of school because we've actually mentioned it on Marty and McGee. I don't want to be the show and the friendship and the relationship that is beautiful and people welcome us into their living room, but then over time it becomes fractured by ego. Hmm. And like I think about, you know, Brooks and Dunn, one of my favorite country hmm. groups of all time. I love Kicks and Ronnie. I've, I'm not speaking out. I've interviewed both of them about this. They broke up for a time because they started to compare. And comparison's the thief of joy. I know you know that adage, but yep. it's so true. And I, I've, I've called McGee on the phone and said, look, dude, if there's something I'm doing that is annoying you, you got to tell me. And it's got to be vice versa. We have to be transparent that way because we have something special here. And I don't want it to suffer based on some stupid thing that festers. And we have been very honest with one another. And it's so beneficial. That's really cool, Marty. That's really cool to hear you acknowledge that. And um, it's powerful stuff. I know I need to let you go. Can I, you know, Maryland football is 4-0, right? So we're t they're definitely going to be, they're going to beat Ohio State. Hey. They're going to be 8-0. Game day's finally coming to College Park in a few <laughs> weeks. Right? Like, like, that's definitely happening this season, correct? This is the year. And it's funny, my brother-in-law also is a Terp. And he, uh, we've had the same conversation. <laughs> Man, it would be, uh, it would be cool. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there yet, but it's just nice to not be miserable and to not be a doormat anymore. <laughs> and to They're actually doing a great enjoy job. football. I mean, it's just unfortunate for them that they play in what I believe oh, is the most difficult division insanity. in sports. I've, I've long said the SEC West is the most difficult division in sports, but. This year, it's the Big Ten East, man. That That's thing is a monster. It is crazy, man. It is crazy. We'll be uh, looking forward to there being no divisions here in a few years. At Marty Smith, right. ESPN, sideline CEO, leadership principles from championship coaches. Really wonderful read uh, for anybody, honestly. This is a great book, not just for people that are in leadership positions. Marty Smith, truly always a pleasure. Thank you for spending a couple minutes with us. Appreciate the platform, brother, and love your spirit. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you. That is Marty Smith from ESPN. Appreciate him spending a couple of minutes with us. If you've not picked up the print issue of Pressbox, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Lamar Jackson on the cover. Great cover story from Bo Smolka all about the contract era for Lamar Jackson. Go pick that up today. When we come back in, we will get to Tidbit, we will get Tubular, and segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with Michael Pierce. It's on the way. It's GCR. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that?
Yeah, I'm not sure that they are. Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel these days? Yeah, I want to tell you guys about the second chance drawing go- going on uh, right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Maybe luck wasn't on your side on a recent bet. Well, you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into second chance to into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Uh, prizes range from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland uh, reward uh, apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour uh, uh, prizes, as well as cash and free play prizes worth up to $500. Strongs will be held every Thursday and Monday, so turn those losses into wins with the second chance drawing over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, the Orioles have announced that they will be holding a public memorial for Brooks Robinson on Monday morning at 10 a.m. at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. There will be parking available. The lots open at 8.30. The stadium will open at 9 a.m. No details as of yet as to who might be speaking, who might be involved. But as was mentioned, I know publicly, Boog Powell, for example, had come to town just because he was hoping to see Brooks one more time, knowing that Brooks was about to pass away. This was something that everyone knew was coming, and I think people were prepared for. So that's what we know so far. The Orioles will hold a public memorial, 10 a.m. on Monday. It is not a ticketed event. You don't need to buy a ticket. You don't need to register anywhere. You can just show up Monday morning at Oriole Park at Camden Yards to be a part of the public memorial that they will hold for Brooks Robinson, which is a very appropriate thing to do for the legend. So that's this coming Monday morning after the regular season finale on Sunday. All right, we are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Hiring event coming up. October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. You show up. You got the opportunity to go through everything. The application process, the written test, the agility test, all of it. Plus, there will be members of the specialized units that will be there. They will be able to answer all of the questions that you have about perhaps a career path in the Baltimore County Police Department, a career change to join the Baltimore County Police Department. And it's a trunk-or-treat event for the kids. So a safe way for them to get their candy, a safe way for them to get in their costumes and have a great day, an opportunity for them to interact with the Baltimore County Police as you try to build that trust between your kids and the police. Great day ahead, October 28th, Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, 410-887-5542, or join BaltimoreCountyPD.com in order to find out more. Ronald Acuna is uh, doing, still putting together a season that we've never seen before. 40 home runs. Uh, he's actually at 41 home runs now. 41 home runs, 70 stolen bases. No one's ever done that. He has now 13 more home runs uh, than any other player with 70 stolen bases in a season as Ricky Henderson hit, what, 28 in 1986. Um, and he now has 24 more, sto- 24 more stolen bases 
than any other player in a 40 home run season, Alex Rodriguez, before. It's a difficult thing. How do we talk about it with the change in the rules? Mm -hmm. We all know it's an amazing season. We all know he's the MVP of the National League. But trying to give history. I don't know if they know. He's the MVP of the National League. Nobody is debating it. There's no, the odds are astronomical. The debate that's warranted is how do you give historical context to the season that Ronald Acuna is having on the stolen base side because of the change in the rules, which I had no problem with, and I wanted that excitement back in baseball, but it's not the same thing as a stolen base in another season. So I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. We can all say it's an incredible season. It's unbelievable, and he's competing this year with the same rules as everybody else is, and he is drastically better than everybody else. But I just don't know how to give it historical context when you remember that the rules changed in order to make stolen bases easier this season. That's all. Yeah, the Braves also only need five more home runs to break the single-season record uh, for most home runs in a season by one team. Uh, it was the Twins, or yeah, it was the Twins in 2019. Uh, so they only need five more, four games left. Uh, so it seems like they should be able to do that, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, according to Elias, Damian Lillard and Giannis will become the second pair of teammates in NBA history to play together after following a season where they both scored 30 points or more in the prior season. Second pair of teammates uh, to do this. Uh, the other, or they will become the second pair of teammates. Um, the other duo was in 1960, in 1962 and 1963. Sure. The other duo was in 1962. Los Angeles. So... Uh, Jerry West? Jerry West, yes. And... God, would that have been? God, you know it because I'm sure I do. Is it Elgin Baylor? It is Elgin okay. Baylor. They they averaged 30 points in uh, 61 and 62, and decided to run it back right. the following season as right. well together. Um, so Giannis and Lillard will be the second time that we have two 30 point scorers from the season prior on the same team. Lillard will also be the first player in NBA history to he will have the most points. He averaged 32 points uh, per game last season. That is the most points uh, averaged by a player to now play on a new team really? in the following season. Yes, before that, it was 31 points a game uh, by Moses Malone. I'm frankly surprised that like LeBron didn't average that when he LeBron, changed teams or, he or Kevin fifth, Durant. Or, or I guess he'll be sixth most now. Uh, LeBron was 29 I mean, I get it. It's an extraordinary average, but I'm still just kind of surprised because these guys change teams so frequently yeah. now. Th- this is not... That would make more sense to me once upon a time. It's just that there's so much team changing at this point that I'm just a little surprised that no one else had done it. But I get it. The numbers are crazy. And Damian Lillard was the one coming from a team where he was the only offense, whereas some other guys. Third on this list, averaged 30.2 points in 1980. World be free. Ah, world be free. Yeah, absolutely. World be free. I wanted to make sure I said his name. Do you not know the story of world be free? I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I guess he's clearly a, an activist and... and well, I mean, okay, or, or, yes, a humanitarian. Like, I guess. Yes, that is. No, I don't know the. No, I don't know his full story. Well, his name Leonard was Free Lloyd, Lloyd Free. Yeah, correct Lloyd was Free. his name. Yes, one hundred percent. I don't. I actually don't know why he became. But it sounds like you. You. He was a very well-known basketball player. It sounds like you're treating him like an old-timey baseball player. Yeah, so. kind of. I am. Okay. Yes. All right. My apologies. The world. 
Um, Jorge Mateo stole his 30th base for the Orioles. He is now the sixth Oriole in Orioles history, sixth player in Orioles history. It's with back-to-back. By the way, it wasn't because he was an activist. I should have said that. It had nothing to do with him being an activist. It was, I mean, his name is Lloyd. And then it was Be Freed. Correct. Be Free was the, was Be Free, yeah. Be Free. His middle name started with a B, and his last name was Free. I don't know what his middle name was, but uh, it wasn't because he was an active. Yeah. It had something to do with his... his Bernard was his middle name. Bernard, Bernard, that's right. Um, and then it had something to do with his... It was a basketball reason why he went by World. It was... Hang on. Why name did, change why here. According to Free, the, the fellas back in Brownsville gave me the nickname World when I was in junior high. And they would just be calling me All World. It was because he had a 44-inch vertical leap. So pretty good. Yeah, he could uh, <laughs> cover the world, but yes, it was not an activism oh, thing. Okay. Well, because then I saw also in his Wikipedia that it, he admired Muhammad Ali. Well, I mean, everyone, yeah, did, I everyone did. For God's sakes, <laughs> you admired Muhammad Ali. Great, that puts you in the exclusive can- company of everyone. <laughs> Jorge Mateo, the sixth player in Orioles history with back-to-back thirty stolen base seasons. Stole third base right in front of it. We were sitting right. Oh, really? uh, between home plate and third base last night, right mm-hmm. in front of us. And he just walked there. I mean, they didn't even... Yeah, you know, the only bummer about our seats is we actually didn't have a good view of the uh, five because, uh, like, we were so close that <laughs> we couldn't see, like, above it to look down on it. Wow, yeah, yeah. you're so close. Yeah. feel bad for you. It was a lovely night. Thank you to my buddy, John. We Six, had a great time. Who are the other five with back-to-back 30 stolen base seasons in Orioles history? Need to be back-to-back seasons. Brady. Brady never did it back to back. That's surprising. It is. It is. Um, how about Brian Roberts? Brian Roberts did, in fact, have back to back thirty stolen base seasons. Thirty stolen bases. How about? Um, how about Al Bumbry? Al Bumbry is indeed on this list. B. Uh, Seventy-nine and eighty went back to back. How about man? These are not obvious now. How about man? Um, huh? Jonathan VR. Jonathan VR did not do. I didn't it. even play yeah, a second season. Maybe that's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had 40 stolen bases in 2019, but yeah, if he did not uh, return. Yeah, I guess I couldn't even remember. I honestly got so. yeah. Uh, they, they would, even if he did, they wouldn't yeah. have been able to get the thirty stolen bases. Man, this is this is actually quite true. Paul Blair, Paul Blair is not on the list. That's surprising. One of the most bases Paul Blair stole. I don't. Did he ever even have a thirty? Did he really not have a thirty stolen base? He season? might not have. Okay. I mean, he was very athletic, but that's. Uh, I, I don't. Has Cedric had back to back? Cedric, in okay. fact, has had back to back thirty stolen bases. He stole. He stole thirty last year as well. Yeah, so twenty one and twenty two. Cedric Mullins obviously had the the outstanding season the year before that. Uh, twenty seven is the most stolen bases Paul Blair. That's ever. crazy. There's still three more. There is two more. Two, two more. more. Yes, because Mateo. Oh, Mateo is the sixth. Got it. There's still two more. Jeez. Uh, I mean, I don't think One it was is, Adam Jones. It was not Adam Jones. I don't Jones. think it was Nick Markakis. Not Nick Markakis. You're missing the all-time single-season stolen base leader. I'm missing the all-time single-season In Orioles history. All-time single-season stolen base leader in Orioles history. I don't... 
I would have bet that was Brady Anderson, so I'm not sure that I know who that is. Louis Aparicio. Louis right. Aparicio. He stole 57 bases in 64. Yeah. And you're missing one more here. Is it a random? It is. I mean, it's, yeah, I guess it's kind of random, yeah. Right. Jay Payton. It was 06 and 07. Asking me to remember. Jerry Hairston. Not Jerry Hairston. I don't know. He was an outfielder. And then he, he started with the Cubs. And it wasn't JP. Oh, uh, oh, what was the other guy? Uh, Corey Patterson. Corey, Corey Patterson. Patterson. Corey Patterson in 2006 and I 2007. Stole that many bases. Yeah. Man, that's why. Those were his two best seasons All in, right. in stolen bases. All right. Very good. That's Tidbit. Tidbit is also brought to you today by Superbook Sports. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. And you will get a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose, with Superbook.com and the Superbook app. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Orioles, indeed, one win away or one raise loss away. But the Rays don't play tonight. Or they correct, right? Yeah. Destiny is in the So Orioles the only hands. way to clinch tonight is to win Orioles Red Sox. Chris Sale, Dean Kramer, the pitching matchup on Masson at six thirty. Also anywhere in the country, it's the free game on MLB TV. So mm-hmm. you have the something. ability to watch it no matter I hope. Amazon Prime tonight, NFL Week 4 kicks off. Lions-Packers, 8-15. College football, uh, Temple-Tulsa, 7-30 on ESPN. Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, 7-30 CBS Sports Network. Jacksonville State, Sam Houston, both, I believe, first-year D1 program, first-year FBS program. Yes. 8 o'clock on ESPNU. All the rest of the baseball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Capitals preseason game tonight uh, against the Red Wings on NHL Network and Monumental Sports Network. Mm, that's that's all that matters. Non-sports, anything else? Uh, nothing that really matters. It is the series premiere premiere of the Golden Bachelor. Ah, on, yes, uh, on the, ABC uh, with the fifty-year-old or yes, whatever. Yeah. yeah, the Golden Bachelor, and then followed by the season nine premiere of Bachelor in Paradise. Ah, Big Bachelor night one. I don't know why yeah, they're picking good. Thursdays now. Maybe I don't, I don't know. They don't have any trust. Counter-program in football. I don't know. Yeah. I got nothing. I got. I mean, it would make sense, right? More female-driven programming on yeah. against football, like that would make some sense. And, uh, and ABC is just going to air because Bachelor used to be a Monday night thing, yes, didn't it? But ABC is yes. just going to air Monday night football oh, the rest yeah, of the year, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I thought. So. All right, very good. Tubular is also brought to you today by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday after Ravens Browns. Myself, Rita, and a cast of characters still la- nailing down this week's special guest. But come join us after Ravens Browns Sunday. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for Project Game Day this Sunday. All right, thanks today to Marty Smith from ESPN. Thanks to Ian Eagle. Thanks also to Ken Zalis and to Sean Greeley from Maryland Football. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Stan will be in studio with us tomorrow. Charles Davis will join us. He's also on the call for Ravens-Browns on Sunday. We will talk to Roy, the great Roy, Roy Firestone about his memories of his very close friend, Brooks Robinson. And Bo Smolka will, uh, Bo Smolka check, will check in. Check in well. Ravens beat writer for Press Box. Why did I feel like there was something? Oh, Michael Dunn of the Cleveland yes. Browns, former Terp, will join us tomorrow as well. So a lot to do on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... 
Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels. Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Dorchester County, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass, MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds! Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show with segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show from this week at Guilford Hall Brewery. Welcome back into the Tyus Bowser Show press box in 105.7 The Fan. We are live at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North where I, <clears throat> give me a second here because I was just told some information, Rita. I don't know what your plans are on Saturday, but uh, they're having their big Oktoberfest party on Saturday and it's their second anniversary. Um, Guess I'll be there. $25 all-you-can-drink ticket. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, got to purchase it on site on Saturday. They will be open, and the party will be going all day long. Some traditional German-style games, like a beer stein-holding competition, a pretzel-throwing competition, and much more. Of course, all the games will be in all the TVs here at Guilford Hall Brewery, but that's this Saturday. So depending on when you're hearing this, that would be the 30th. You're going to want to be here to celebrate Oktoberfest at Guilford Hall Brewery. I, this place is amazing. The food's... We've been out here so many times. Yeah. The food's awesome. The drink amazing. selection. Amazing. Rita hangs out here even when we're not here. Yeah, this she is got her thing. usual... It's you know, this in Hamilton are typically my usual place. I am drinking Oktoberfest right now, Look actually. at that. Look at that. So all, there's that. All, most of their beer is now available in cans as well. But this Saturday, $25 all-you-can-drink ticket. You're not going to want to miss the Oktoberfest celebration here at Guilford Hall. All right, uh, Tyus is here. Rita and Glenn, of course, our special guest is one, the one and only Michael Pierce. Um, Tyus, you got to go to the White House. Yes. And I we did. completely missed talking to you about this last yeah. time, man. Yeah, that was a very low-key trip. Um, I, went to this, uh, I went to this Rolls Royce event in uh, Houston, mm. and, uh, you know, just, you know, lucky. What were you doing at the Rolls Royce event? So, were you looking to buy? So that's the thing. So one of my assistants with my agency knew this, uh, knew this lady that worked um, at the, uh, what is it called? I forgot the name of that spot. But she works at the famous uh, hotel in Houston owned by uh, Tilma Fertitta. You know, he owns, Who owns the Golden the Rockets Nuggets, and, yeah, yeah, all of that, and pretty much invited me to this Rolls Royce event, just an opportunity to network and connect with, you know. What a there. humble brag, by the way, is going on right now, <laughs> yeah. right? I yeah. feel like they don't allow guests that can't afford Rolls Royces. In the Rolls Royce. <laughs> I can't. Obviously, I don't drive one, so I mean that right there tells you. But uh, no, nah, it was a crazy event. I mean, meeting people that's flying in and helicopters you know, on the golf course and, you know, multimillionaires, people who, you know, own Rolls Royces for a living, like collect Rolls Royces for a living. And they're like literally the first person they call and it's like, hey, you want this? Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna get it, you know? So, you know, it was just an opportunity to meet people and uh, we went to dinner after. At, I, uh, by the way, I understand these people. These are my people. No, nah, yeah. <laughs> not at all. I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just here for the moment. But we went out to eat that night and uh, got the chance to talk to a lady and she told me she worked for the Bush administration. 
And uh, we just got to talk and got the chance to chat and connect. And she was like, yeah, well, I told her I played with the Ravens. Like, oh, well, I'm in the Bush administration. I know that's close. So This is the funny part about this is she's like, you're, in, you're the least accomplished person that I've met today. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So she was like, hey, if you're ever wanting to, you know, take a visit to the White House, you know, just let me know. I can call my friend who still works there wow. and we can make it happen. I was like, absolutely. So um, I brought my, brought my parents brought two of my cousins um, and my assistant out there, and we had the chance to kind of move around uh, the White House a little bit. Couldn't have any phones in there, so I wasn't able to take a picture of the Oval Office. And, you You're know, not allowed the, to have a phone anywhere in the White House? You can't have a phone at all in the West Wing. Really? Like, as soon as you walk through the door, there's okay, like wait, so were you on, like, the public tour, or were you on, like, a special tour no, because this you knew somebody? No, this all is, right. so... As far as the tour, you have to know someone who works in yeah, there in order to Yeah, know somebody who knows somebody who yeah, knows somebody situation. Exactly. Yes. So we had the chance to actually, like, move around to some pretty cool spots. And like I said, you walk through the door, they have, you know, little cubbies right there that you lock your phones in. They check you and make sure you don't have nothing. And then you just, you know, get to move around and check it out. Wow. And as, as close as you get to the Oval Office, the thicker the doors get. So, like... The White House, well, the Oval Office. I'm now imagining you checking like the thickness of all of the doors. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> but like, as we're walking, they they mention like, you know, one of the cool things in here is the fact that once you get close to the Oval Office or the important rooms, the thicker the door is, so you're not able to wow you know, hear stuff, like all of the, you know, the things secrets. Like that. So yeah. that was one of the cool little things and. You know, just a just a cool experience. I now know more about how the Clinton years happened. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. With that in mind, I think we've talked before. So, you know, you both of you guys are really religious guys, right? Like, I think we talked mm -hmm. before about, like, the, the idea that maybe you could be a preacher. And I, I've heard oh, guys man. talk about, like, when Tyus talks, he sounds like a preacher, right? Yeah, I, I like, tend to get that a lot, man. <laughs> I get that a lot. But what about who on the team is most likely to be in the White House one day? Or at least just be like, who, which of your teammates could you one day see being a politician of some sort? Justin Tucker. Really? 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 Yeah, absolutely. He's a goof. I mean, and you put, that was the, you didn't even think about this. It was like immediate response. I mean, you know, we're not too far, you know, as far as, our locker, so, and then just hearing from other people uh, that knows him well, I mean, he, I've heard that he's a very political guy. Really? So He's really smart. Yeah, very I smart. I know he's smart. I, I don't want to take guy. anything away from him, but you just see, like, he's never, he never turns it off. Very, but You'll he's be very just political. having a, I'll, I'll literally be like, Justin, how you doing today? And he'll start singing. That's like, what I was about to say. We see him as, or, like, the opera singer, but not necessarily the politician, per se. You'd be, you'd be amazed. Like, this guy, he, yeah. he's okay. very tuned in. He's dialed wow. in to the political. Mike, was there anybody else that jumped in mind, or are you thinking... I feel like Kyle Hamilton could do a pretty good job. I can really? see that. I can see that. That's surprising. I didn't. <laughs> Kyle pretty smart, bro. And then like, I said, he has a serious side, but he kind of laid back. But I mean, really, I guess when you look at a lot of these presidential Did you see candidates, Rita roll her eyes. <laughs> I was rolling my eyes at Trippy. What <laughs> you saying, Marlon? Yeah, so that, that's why I was rolling my He's eyes. So I was like, Oh, oh Trippy's trying to make himself Senator Trippy back yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think Kyle like. Kyle could do it. 
He's a Notre Dame guy. Notre yep. Dame guy. I mean, there's no doubt he's smart. His like, brother, I think, went to Penn. So I could see that. I, I could see that. that. Yeah. International family. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I could okay. see it. I could see I that see a little it. bit. That makes some sense. All right, Michael. You know, you, we know that you had a major life-changing event. Everybody want to congratulate Michael Pierce because he got married he got this married. season. Indeed. Thank you all very much. Thank you all very much. So what has that been like? What is, what is married life like? Glenn knows the answer to this. I used to know the answer to this. I want to know the answer. It's weird because Mike didn't ask me because I would have been, you know, at the top of the don't do it list, bro. Like, don't do it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad you didn't listen to him. I'm so glad. I, I hope your wife was... is not listening. <laughs> but, um, so how's married life been for you thus far? If you put it in the words that my wife has told her, um, I guess her uncle, I'm at work all the time. So, no, uh, no, nah, nah, it's been awesome. Um, like I said, she's my best friend. I get to uh, spend off days with her. We do yoga together. Um, she got me into Pilates, which has been really good for me. Um, she's like super, super health conscious. So, like she went through my, all my like food choices. So I had like, what I had, almond milk. And she told me all the things that was wrong with almond milk. And then we moved to oat milk. It's a whole bunch of little stuff. You drink almond milk? We need some answers. She is a pharmacist like by trade. So I, I will say that my wife is a pharmacist by trade. So she's a lot smarter than I am. So some of those stuff I do not question. What so is he allowed he to drink kinda, if he can't drink almond milk? I like I, almond milk. I heard a lot of stuff has like sunflower oil and it's not good for you. Oh, and all man. Stuff. But again, I had a problem staying healthy. So whatever she kind of told me, I was just like, all right, but just throw it away. But no, man, we have a good time, man. Like I said, that's my yoga buddy. That's my... Life partner, um, we got to travel the world, went to Dubai. Yeah. A lot of like Dope. stuff I always wanted to do, but now I have like my did, best friend did with she me. she have to like drag you kicking and screaming into yoga and Pilates, or were you at the point? Interestingly enough, 2020, I got into yoga on my own, but she sent me to another level. Like the Pilates really hurts. I don't enjoy that, and I <laughs> do not do that during the season. Yeah, but you but, gotta. Yeah, the yoga was fine, but the Pilates is it's not my deal. It's another level. That hurts. What is, okay, what is the difference? I've done yoga, I've never done Pilates. So Pilates, you get on a reformer, and it's a lot of uh, resistance stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine like a 300 pound guy trying to balance and stand up and do single leg squats on a moving platform. It is not a. Is there any chance? It's a little dangerous. Is there any chance you'd let our guys, Wayne and Trippy, go out and film a Pilates (laughs) class with you? Because we would really. Certainly not, (laughs) certainly not. You would see me sweating and frowning and questioning my life for all 60 minutes. <laughs> Certainly not. Certainly that is not. a real shame, How long bro. is this Pilates? Huh? How long is this Pilates? I think it's like an hour. It was yeah, like 45 minutes. 45 minutes of, I don't want to say hell, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's pretty close it's, to it. It's, 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 it's pretty bad. close to it. I did, I did what, the hot yoga the one time. Yeah, I've done and, hot yoga. And like, I wanted to die and the lady is screaming at me. I'm like, what? Lady, I'm going to... Pass away, I'm gonna perish <laughs> in no, this man. room right here. I bring my Yeti cup, it's full of ice, I got cool water, it's cool. I can say, oh, I, could, I could deal with that. I'm but a that, sweater, so that I mean, Pilates is that not, doesn't work. I right am now. the most least workout conscious person on this panel, <laughs> oh so I cannot relate to anything that any of you guys are saying right that now. That's crazy. Um, what is the best gift that you received for your wedding? And if you want to put it out there, if you want to put your worst gift out there, that's cool, too. Because, yeah, you know, we, we want to call somebody out and throw some shade. This is the time to do and it. And let's go ahead and get it away. You can't just take the cop out and say, my wife. Like, we know that part. Skip along. Right. Like, so, honestly, we didn't ask for any gifts. 
Really? No, we did not. Um, okay. No, nah, we've been blessed, man. Like I said, we get to play football for a living. That takes care of a lot of stuff for us. So, um, no, nah, I, I just wanted my friends and family to be there. Um, they made us a really nice video um, that That's was cool. really, really touching. But um, the, people did contribute to, like, our honeymoon fund. So we got, oh, like, dope. massages and that stuff when we went to Dubai. But, um, no, nah, man, like I said, for me and for us, really, it was just about having our friends and family be able to come and celebrate, so. It is the Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box from 105.7 The Fan. We're at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tyus, Mike said that all of his friends and family were there, but were, wait, were you at the wedding? Did you? I was not at oh, the wedding. Oh, that's weird. Why would you oh, do that? Why would you put that man on blast like that? So no, this, this is no, the deal. I, I, was, I was honestly leading that into what the politics are of, Weddings of like, and handling. Yeah. 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 So I, I would skip the politics and say the budget. Yeah. The budget is political correctness, um, mainstay. So I think we had, what, 50 people? Yeah. Oh, 40 people, sorry. 40 people. So um, like I said, I think three, four of my best friends were there. Um, you know, it was very much so an older crowd. Grandmas, aunties, all but that stuff. But there's no expectation that, like, every teammate's supposed to get an invite. Like, because you're not uh, the first guy to get married, obviously. Right. No, like, I mean, like I said, I think the only teammates wedding I've been to was uh, Brandon Williams. That makes sense, yeah, right? He's you like got a big brother to me, but like I said, he, uh, he spared, like, no expense. I am more so a... Uh, <laughs> Would you like to call him frugal? <laughs> I say frugal. Okay. I'm a frugal guy. So. Miser, if you will. I got is my, <laughs> is my Is my vocabulary. So, um... No, nah, man, we kept it super small, just like literally day ones. And like I said, aunties, grandmas, uncles, That's all cool. that stuff. That's my cool. parents took my guest list, so there we have it. All right, so we learned, of course, a couple weeks ago, Tyus, you remember your new sack dance for this season, right? Like, yeah. you remember? That's yeah, what we're, we're going to be doing that when you really get a sack good. this season. Really? We saw a new dance. Uh, I don't know if it was a new dance, but after you knocked down a pass in Cincinnati, Mike, we saw you pull out the Brent Urban swat the ball away um, move. Can you can you show? Because I don't know how to do it. Can you show me how you're supposed to do it? So, I, I don't think I knocked down a pass. He did, but okay, we listen, all, all do right. that same celebration. No worries. Um, shout out to Herb. Um, I don't even know what he calls that. So basically, it. it's like you know he's counting money. He does that first, and then like he's throwing it in the air. Okay. That's so, what it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That, so he's counting. That's the premise. What, what behind is what does that mean? Exactly. So, I mean, I guess, like, when you make, for us, you know, y'all see football as a game, but, like, this is our way to earn money. Correct. So, when that happens, like, bad at passes, you know, pass breakups, all those things count as money going into your bank account, ah, and it's time for you to go back dang. to the table. So, just like sacks have dances, and obviously people get paid to make sacks and game-changing plays. Uh, people like Herb, who are, you know, giants, who get to bat down passes a lot more easily than I do. Um, <laughs> You know, that's his okay, way of changing you, the game. So this you, is one step closer to his in, to his goal or incentive. For the next, yeah, right, exactly right. right. That gotcha. makes sense. Right. You, we saw, drop back into coverage a few times mm -hmm. on Sunday. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention, and you've been doing that the entire time, and you're like, bro, what, where you been? I remember you doing it the first time around a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Every time I see it, it blows my mind. I'm like, yo, Michael Pierce is in coverage right now. <laughs> uh, how far would you be able to, tra to traverse downfield with like 
a running back in coverage. Oh, not very far at yeah. all. <laughs> not very far at all. <laughs> Normally my stuff, not to give away game plans, is very short lived. This you know, is the zone. This is the area where you go no far, no further. So um no, it's, nah, been, man. it's been a few times. I can move a little bit, yeah, but I, I think after ten yards I'm 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 shot. What would your forty time be right now? What would it be? Uh what I run in college. I think I ran four nine. So I was gonna say, would it be under five? I was going to ask, I'd would it be under five? Yeah, okay. yeah, That's yeah, insane. Yeah. Dude, what a freak of an athlete for a man. Like, that is you know how scary that is? Right? Like, that's you know bonkers. how scary that is? Yeah. Bro, that is I was nuts. seeing Matabike chasing down uh, CJ Stroud. No, that's just, somebody who was yeah, physically yeah. impressive. Yeah. And I was just looking. I was like, yo, I can't imagine a 300-pound man running that fast. What was running, like, 17, 17 miles per hour? 18 miles an hour. Yeah. That's fast. Crazy. He was rolling. At 300 pounds. Rolling. <laughs> Yo, we're going to need to send you guys out when the aliens come. Like, we're going to need you to help us out in those moments when the aliens come in. Uh, but you and I had a conversation last week, and I just wonder if we could share it with a different audience about, Rita mentioned you being back this time, and what really stood out to me in talking to you is, like, not taking it for granted, and how like it, it, you can hear in your voice how much of a blessing this is at this point. Can you kind of convey for everybody, you know, being through, I don't think everybody realizes like sitting out a season, then getting hurt, then get like everything that you've been through, what a blessing it is to be doing this now at this point in the place where it all started. Yeah, yeah, no, man. Um, like I said, recapping my story real quick, like Nothing was given to me. I was undrafted from a D1AA, uh, came in behind Brandon Williams. I uh, had some awesome guys like LG and I think Timmy Jernigan, Carl Davis. All those guys were ahead of me on the depth chart. And like I said, I honestly looked up to a lot of those guys, especially like Timmy at Florida State. Amazing college film and pro film, obviously. But um, no, nah, man, I fought my way onto the roster, um, just kind of under those guys' tutelage and just started to find my way. Um, like I said, uh, I did my first four years here, played really well. I was even, you know, close to being an alternate to the Pro Bowl uh, my fourth year. So, um, like I said, I credit all that to, you know, our coaches and, you know, those guys just believing in me to allow me to even get to that point. Um, so, that happens. And then COVID hits. Uh, I am very much so an asthmatic. Uh, I have some um, upper respiratory issues that I deal with on a daily basis. So, um my doctor that had me when I was a child told me it was probably best that I sit out. So set out for COVID. Um, like I said, you going into the prime of your career, um, come back, start off really well. I think I had two sacks against the Bengals on the first game and then had another one like a week later. Um, ended up tearing my tricep. Um, so missed like eight games that year. And then um, they fired the GM, all that stuff. And then I ended up coming back here, which was obviously a big blessing. And then um, I think, yeah, week three. So it was around this time last year end up uh, tearing my bicep on the same arm. So, uh, like I said, for somebody like myself who works really hard, who tries to, you know, everybody tries to, you know, harden up their bodies, make yourself as strong as you can for each and every season. So those things don't happen. But, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason in God's plan. So, uh, like I said, for me, it was more so when I got hurt, I was like, dang, I'm at the height of my career. I'm playing really well. Um, back in Baltimore. Uh, don't intend on leaving, so I just wanted to make a lasting impression that year and then just keep on going from there. But um, like I said, something happened and tore my bicep. And uh, yeah, so I had a whole bunch of time again to uh, not only try to watch football, but just try to rebuild myself. So um, yeah, man, that was a tough road. I'm sure Tyus can echo the same thing with his Achilles and now his knee. But um, those are the things you use for motivation and those are the things you start to really, really you know, cherish. 
not only the relationships that you build, but um, just those times on the field. So, you know, a fumble recovery may not be a big thing to most people. You know, if you would have told me I made a fumble recovery my third year, I probably would have brushed it off. Like, I wish I would have had a sack. I better, right. (laughs) Right. So, whatever. But, um, no, just to be back in the bank again, um, knowing that, you know, I told myself, you know, if I get hurt again, I'm done. Um, just me, me and my body just can't deal with it. So, um, no, just to be healthy again, uh, back with my brothers, back in where it all started, um, to make, you know, any kind of game-changing play, even if it's a fumble recovery, uh, was huge for me. So, man, that was just uh, just joy and uh, gratefulness. Just, what do you say, man? That's awesome. God, that's awesome. Real quick, how, how important was it? how important was it for you in terms of, like, having familiarity with the organization, with the city. I'm sure you had offers at other places, but you chose to come back to Baltimore. So how, how, how much of a factor did, you know, knowing the coach, knowing the GM, knowing the guys that you left just a couple of years ago in your decision of coming back here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was huge. Um, like I said, for me, being when I was, what, it's year six, um, for me it's more so just about being obviously in a solid organization, but winning. So um, I went to Minnesota. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, I was at the back end of a, a good thing. And um, I saw a lot of things that I didn't agree with, but there was no time to change it, obviously. So um, like I said, for me coming back here, knowing who Harbs is, knowing who Ozzy is, Mr. DaCosta, um, on down to the training staff and all the coaches and obviously the players, um, I had a special bond with them. Um, I never even thought they would even offer me a contract, especially since I left after I turned down the deal. So um, just knowing what I'm getting into, obviously, obviously I'm, this is like home for me as an adult. I've never lived anywhere else outside of Minnesota. Uh, I actually have family that's from here and lives here. So um, like I said, this is home for me. I knew what I was getting into. I knew how committed they are to winning. Um, when you come to anybody, you want to have a solid franchise quarterback. Obviously, we have eight. Um, I hear he's okay. I knew what, I, what was expected from me in the system. So, um, like I said, from Miss Val, the Shorty and Manny in the kitchen, I knew everybody. Like I said, we all love each Ms. other. Val, and yeah. Ms. She's Val been around a long lady. time. Shout out to Miss Val. But, like I said, I have special bonds with these guys, yeah. and the opportunity just was too good to pass up. That's awesome. That is awesome. Make some more noise, please, for Tyus Bowser and Michael Pierce. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. So um, we're one week away from a potential date. When we come back in, we're just going to check in with Tyus and see how he's feeling. We're going to really put him on the hot seat is what we're going to do. We're really going to put him on the hot seat, and he's not going to be able to tell us. But we're going to do it anyway. That's the way that it works when we come back in. It is the Tyus Bowser Show. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience. 